Got it. Oh, okay. Here, there here it I is. am. Jeez. What's up? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sitting and I'm attent and ready. Oh my goodness. Are you drunk? No, but I'm just uh, saying, like, the, tonight has been a whirlwind, like, crazy. Everything okay? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, sure. I, I understand oh, why, other than outside of oh, yeah. it being. <laughs> this, I feel like I'm on the other end of it because you have messaged me several times. Uh, and said, hey, look, we're on the way back from the beach. We're going to take it easy. I got, I'm got. i listening to some uh, Death Cab for Cutie on the radio. And then yeah. you get you get going, and, you're, and, you're, and, and then there's me. I've never been on the other side of that. I've always been here. So for me, oh, sure. I was yeah, telling yeah. my friends, like, I, I thought for a brief moment, should I ask them to drop me off first? Because I'm, I'm on the further end, right? So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was tonight? Tonight, tonight was, was a surprise. Uh, 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 in the making, this was like a five-month thing from Eric. Oh, that's cool. Have you ever, or do you watch any kind of uh, comedians on YouTube or anything like that? I mean, if I catch are him, you, yeah. Are you familiar with Randy Feltface? No. Very unique. It's it's a, it's a puppet, basically, and that's the that's the shtick. It's a puppet that's behind this barrier, and that's it. It's like he this guy that uh, is from Australia does the voice for him. Very unique. Uh, it was an awesome show in a venue I didn't even know existed in downtown in Oxnard, <laughs> in the middle of a I think place. I've heard of this. What's it called? It was um, God, Levity Live. I think I think I've heard of it only because uh, Ralph Garman's co-host is a stand-up comedian and he talks about the shows that he does. Yeah, and he did a bunch of uh, in Oxnard, and that right? sounds like maybe the name of the place he'd been. Yeah, to. and, and it, Ralph was like Oxnard, huh? <laughs> And I think that's probably how a lot of the comedians start their bit when they're out there and then they riff in the beginning. Because it, it was the same thing. Like you go in there and you see that there was um, all, I mean, like, and I don't know who has who has actually performed there, but they went from Adam, like pictures of Adam Sandler um, all the way to like newer comedians. Uh, Bill Burr has his picture up there. So it was like, I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't, I, I love surprises. So I went in there saying, don't tell me anything. So we got a lift out there. Um, we went and got a drink, had some dinner, and then went out to the show, uh, where until we walked in, I had no idea what to expect. I thought we were doing an escape room or some kind of like guy thing. And we got there. The show was amazing. And like, it was a, so it was a surprise to you. You didn't know what you were doing. No, tonight. no you idea. Just knew you and he said, and, and I love this about Eric, listener, Eric, like the, the Eric that I speak of all the time. And he says, Hey, uh, you've got to block off a day. It's a Sunday, March 26th. He's like, block off the time, like four or five hours. I've got something going on. And so I said, no questions asked. I've got this down. And so that's what tonight was. And between that, no like, kids then. Trying to get trying to get everything that he had going on and being, you know, like being a, a gracious accept and it was an awesome thing, an awesome event. Uh, by the end of it, he even knew of my obligations tonight. Right. For the big one. And uh, and he goes, hey, we'll get you home early. And I said, don't worry about it, man. I'm here for you. That's it. But by the end, when we were driving there and like I started getting in a panic, I feel like between Eric, Brian, Devin, the show, you, me, I was like, I feel like I'm stuck in the middle. This <laughs> is Jimmy Pod. <laughs> It was great, there though. Is, it was dude. awesome. It was really fun. It was nice to be out with him because I don't get to go out with him that often these days. So it was just you out with the boys. No Lindsay, no kids. 
Nope, no kids yet. Nothing. Just us. Just the boys. Just the four boys. Just the boys. The, the, um, the boys from high school. I don't. Um, and I, of course, your friends listen to this, and this is going to make me feel terrible. But like, when I go to your Christmas party, every guy at that party is Eric to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so Brian was with us tonight, and he goes, "David was the guy at your Christmas party, right?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "He did not seem like the the host because he said he's so fun and like uh, you were he he didn't say goofy." But he used he described you as being very fun, jovial. I said, nah, man. He's described himself as on the pod, as, not in person, or vice versa. In person. Like when he met oh, okay. you in person at the at the party, he said, This was the guy, right? And maybe he thought like on the pod you were way more serious. But you know, oh, it's like, okay. no, no. This well, next time you see Eric, tell him I'll hang out with him again. <laughs> well, yeah, Eric, <laughs> Eric knows you so well. Like he he knows no, you. I'm all. joking because you said that was Derek or somebody. <laughs> yeah. Was that? Was like, yeah, Eric. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm um I uh well, I'm glad to know that I'm a good hang, I guess. Um Oh, dude, just you really totally are. Bad with um like uh it does. It like I I feel like me and Susie in your friend group are like you and I in the Jimmy Eat World fan group. Like we just kind of came in and burst in like, "Hey right. everybody, yeah, hey, man. what's like up?" The Kool-Aid guy. That's us. <laughs> so like, yeah. yeah, everybody in the Jimmy Eat World fan group is named Sherry or Joyce. <laughs> And everybody in your friend group is named Eric. <laughs> that's just how it goes, right? Because yeah. I mean, how do you you jump? How do you jump into this ecosystem that's been a, that's been yeah. going on for so long, right? Yeah, totally. It's, it's evolved. Yeah. <laughs> that's everybody's well, got that title. Let's jump into it. I told you. Let, let's right, go. Man. It's eleven p.m. right now. Heck yeah. Eleven oh one as the crow flies, dude. Yeah, <laughs> the, right. <laughs> we we're joking that uh, I'll, you 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 wanted to get done by two. I yeah, told we'll us see, to be man. done at one. Let's see what we can do. All right. Housekeeping. Is this the end? No, Justin and it I. It is not, so- man. I and there's so. Oh man, I'm getting. I'm. I'm already getting misty eyed, man, about all the things that are going to be cult- culminating in in the final yeah. episode. But no, it's not. Um, I don't have. I mean, any, you can look at the song list and and make an educated guess about which song is left. Yeah. Um, it's right. not a huge one, which means that it'll be a lot of Justin and I talking. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yes. And uh, we're already talking more than the sweetness episode. So shall we jump into it? I don't have any yeah, other man. housekeeping. I Let's think. do it. All right. Um, I wrote Chat GPD research here, but I don't think I did any. Did you? I did. Can I do? Can I do a thing? Yeah, I'm gonna please. start. I'm gonna start this off. I'm gonna start. We're gonna go right out the gates. You ready? Okay. Yep. I, I wrote a Chat GPT prompt, and I said, "Write me a promotional message for the song The Middle' by Jimmy Eat World for people who have never heard the song in less than a hundred words." Oh, I, I like. Tr- that. I'm gonna try. Okay, good I'm gonna try and do this like a radio announcer. You ready? Yeah. Okay. I have practiced this at least four times. Looking for a song that perfectly captures the feeling of being stuck in the middle? Look no further than The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. This timeless anthem will have you singing along with its upbeat tempo and catchy lyrics. With its universal message about the struggle to fit in and find your place in the world, The Middle is a must-listen for anyone who has ever felt like they don't quite belong. So turn up the volume and get ready to rock out to one of the most beloved songs of the 2000s. There we go. Hell yeah. There's so many open chords and acoustics <laughs> and stuff in that. It's so good. I yeah, know, right? You, you hear it all. You did great. You're you're going to have a, a reel at the end of this that you can yeah, yeah. do your local. Uh... <laughs> so I've been on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bean keeps keeps like 
applying at these local radio stations. Does where he, he really? Lives. <laughs> but he's not saying that he's in the two radio hall of fames or that he was for, on Kevin and Bean for 30 years. Not He's like, oh, I've done some podcasting and I've done some broadcast work. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And he, I love <laughs> yeah. that because then... <laughs> <laughs> and has it's anyone so picked funny. him up or at least given him a call back? Uh, he he said, even if they offered me the job, I probably won't take it. But I just like going and seeing their radio equipment. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a nerd for radio. He just loves yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and for all of you that don't live in Southern California, Bean was uh, part of a morning radio show duo, Kevin and Bean, who we've played many times on this show because Jimmy World would go and premiere. Like Kevin and Bean was like the MTV of LA radio. Like it was like, that's K rock is, I mean, most everybody's probably heard of K rock, K R O Q. That's the local rock radio station. And in the nineties, it didn't get any bigger than that. And their morning radio hosts were Kevin and bean. And, uh, and so anyway, that's who bean is. Um, all right, sweet. So I don't have any chat GPT research. The song is the middle, um, album. What did I wrote? What did I write here? And more. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open this link. Uh, ooh. Ooh, uh, oh, I see, I see, I see. Right. Uh, it's called The Middle and More is one of the releases. <laughs> um, it's a 27-minute oh 2001 my. CD that included The Middle Acoustics, Splash Turn Twist, The Middle's music video, and Jimmy Eat World Rockumentary 17 Minutes. And I believe that most of that is from the uh, Believe in What You Want DVD. Um, there's the appraised chorus, uh, tour EP, the iTunes festival, London, 2013, which was a digital only release of a live recording from the iTunes festival now known, uh, as the Apple music festival held at the roundhouse Camden town, UK on, uh, November 11th, 2013. Uh, and then it was released, obviously bleed American. This is a bleed American jam. Um, the middle slash a praise chorus tour EP, the middle slash a praise chorus tour EP as acoustic U.S. single. Uh, what does it say here about U.S. single? The middle, if you don't don't from the XFM session, the game of pricks, Radio 1 session, and the middle CD-ROM video. UK 7-inch, what did that have on it? The middle and the B-side was a praise chorus, the Radio 1 se uh, session. UK CD single was the LP version of the middle and no sensitivity, the non-LP version. The European CD single included the LP version of the middle, no sensitivity, the non-LP version, the middle early demo, and my sundown demo. The Australian CD single included the middle LP version, no sensitivity, non-LP version, the middle early demo, and the middle video. And I opened, I think, 192 Discogs pages. <laughs> came across 42 comps that this song appears on. Um, it's track three of 11 on Bleed American, which was released July 24th, 2001, produced by Mark Trombino and Jimmy Eat World, recorded at a bunch of places we've talked about in the past. Uh, written by Jimmy Eat World singer is Jim, featuring Mark Trombino on the synth emulator programming. Um, uh, I think we'll talk about that synth part. Um, yeah. It's just like some uh, uh, some Salt Bay uh, seasoning up on the top of it. Um, it is a Turkey on Rye still release. It never got a Do I Get a Pickle with that uh, thing. And I didn't look to see if uh, there was a, um, like our all Bleed American track still Turkey on Rye for some reason. What does that sound? Your is sign. That? Oh, the, the, the white noise? Oh, yeah, that was the, uh, I think that was the ice machine. I gotta go check that. <laughs> um, I, I wrote this down. Bonkers ASCAP page, because there's just so much happening on this, 
on this page in terms of alternate titles in the middle. It just takes some time. Middle, middle parentheses, the middle, no parentheses, the middle, the I'm not sure what's different, but that's listed as a separate thing. Middle comma, the then like a bunch of PHNG 1092, 1091, 1090, 1090 C. I, I mean, think I submitted a, a document of, this, this uh, tax season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then the middle, the middle, the middle, the middle acoustic, the middle Jimmy Eat World, the middle dash acoustic. Ver like just so many. This is obviously their biggest song. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure there's and just so many different. So many different versions of. Thing. like even like performers jimmy eat world and jimmy eat world no spaces and mark trombino jimmy eat world <laughs> it's just like and then world jimmy eat <laughs> Jeez, it's yeah, every it's like, it, was that what was that when we were doing math is that permutations where there's yeah that every, sounds right yeah yeah, yeah right like every any, different any possible way that this could be <laughs> misconstrued or construed or reconstrued uh it's listed as uh, um, yes, there is a demo. We will listen to the early demo played. Okay. As of the time, and I believe they played three shows since I did these notes. So, uh, actually I, I, I bookmarked the page. Let's see. As of this recording, 903 times Jimmy Eat World has played this song. The most was 99 times in 2017. They played this song. 90? Nine. Do you think it's in safe to year. say every single live show that they've done has the middle in it? Do you think it's safe to say? Like, th they, does 900 seem low? Um, 900 seems about right. Yeah. Like, let's look at Damn It from uh, Jimmy, or Jimmy, World, classic Jimmy World tune, Damn right. It. Right, yeah. Um, uh, Blink-182 has played Damn It how many times? Let's see. So that's, I'm just thinking about, that's like, 22 years 22 years of this song being available 900 times. That's 922. I'm just going to do the, the quick math. 900 divided by 22 mm -hmm. is like 40 times a year that they're playing it on average. But that's if they're so, touring every year and they haven't toured. Damn it is Blink-182's number one performed song. And they've played it 700 times. Man, that's okay. That sounds right then. I think it's safe to say that Jimmy World has played the middle every time they played live. Funky show. Did they? I mean... Let's go back to Chain I mean, Reaction. unless they played like, you know, David Letterman and they played two songs, neither Ooh. or like, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe not Letterman specifically, but like they go and play Conan or Jimmy Kimmel, right? Like they played the Jimmy Kimmel and, but I think they did play the middle because they even played a bunch of stuff off. But you know what I mean? Like they go and play like a right. one off thing. Um, right. Yeah. 900 times according to Silas FM. And we know they're fallible. So it's probably right. been more than that. Yeah, and then look at Chain Reaction. They didn't play it at all. So they, there's. Oh, that's a good point. You know, there's opportunities they've had the way they didn't play it. Deep cuts. That's true. Deep cuts all night. God damn. So, Jim yeah, looking so yeah. good. That's a grip. Um, the first time that Setlist FM has them playing it is December 10th, 99 at the Green Room in Tempe AZ. Uh, most recently, at, well, when I took these notes, was March 19th at uh, in Sydney, Australia. But that's not true. They just played Honolulu. So that'll be the, yeah, March 24th at the Republic, Honolulu, Hawaii. So, I mean, last FM, or uh, last FM, the uh, set, set list FM, FM is pretty, I would say, like, in the last 10 years, it's pretty much you can trust it. Yeah. Because yeah, I'd say so. you can put it up against videos you find on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, yeah. People are pretty good about going in there. Notable high notes, G4 acoustic and D3 acoustic. And on the record, it's F sharp 4 and F sharp 3. Um 
1.3 million listeners on Last FM have scrabbled this 10.4 million times, 62 of which are from me. How many scrabbles do you have? At the moment? I have 235. Nice. Yeah. And what do the Spotify numbers look like? On, okay, let's see. The middle. 667.5 million listens. <laughs> That's a lot, man. That's a lot. So, like, just to yeah. give you some context, sweetness from last week was 146.5 million. So, this is almost four or five times that. 667.5 million listens for just over a song that's over just over two and a half minutes long. Yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. Um, if if we were to if we were to delineate two cents a stream, <laughs> and I think that actually might be high. It's usually fractions of a cent per stream, right, or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So it's um like what what kind of like Google real quick. What's the what's the like what's the usual? I'll do the math the other way. So six point six hundred sixty seven six hundred sixty seven five hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Divided by what? So it's well divided. So you're, I'm multiplying this by point zero two, and that equals one million one point three million dollars. Like oh right, yeah. Why am I dividing? <laughs> See, that's why I don't do it. Right. You could get there. You could get I'm just multiplying it by the fraction itself. So 0. 0.02, uh, if we're doing 0. 0.02, like two cents, two cents mm-hmm. on the dollar per those 667 million. And I even do, I didn't even do 0. 0.5. 667 million is 1.334. Mm. Here is a, here's some new math that we should get here. Um, Spotify pays... Point zero zero three one eight no, cents. No, David, I'm wrong. It was thirteen point three four. I was gonna say I feel like it's a little higher. Yeah, yeah, I was wrong. Thirteen point three four million. Goodness. Yeah. Math. Apple Music. A title pays the most royalties per stream at point zero one two eight four cents per stream. Or you know, I guess right. it'd be one point two eight four cents per stream. Um. And then Deezer is way at the bottom with 0.0011 cents a stream. Um, uh, but yeah, still, that's just streaming numbers. They sold records. I mean, this record came right. out at the Oh, home. yeah. So. Yeah, for 0. 0.02, uh, 13 million just for that track. Yeah. 13.3. Yeah. Change my math around. Let's look at the chart info real quick for the All moment. right. All right. Uh, there's weekly charts, year-end charts. Let's look at the weekly charts. Um, Australia, it peaked at 49, France at 98, Ireland at 46, Netherlands at 92, New Zealand at 28, Scotland at 29, UK singles chart 26, UK rock and metal chart number 2, US Billboard Hot 100 number 5, US Adult Top 40 number 2, US Alternative Airplay number 1, US Mainstream Rock 39, US Mainstream Top 40 number 4, year-end charts uh, this was in 2002, Canada Radio, position number one, year-end chart performance for the middle. U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number 14. U.S. Adult Top 40 Billboard, number six. U.S. Modern Rock Tracks Billboard, number three. And then certifications, it was certified platinum in the U.K., um, which is 600,000 certified units sales. There's no way it didn't go platinum here in the u.s but for some reason that doesn't show up on the information for the single itself on um on uh uh, wikipedia real quick i will jump to the bleed american chart 
information here. Okay, hit me. And certifications. Okay, United States, the record Bleed American is platinum with 1 million items or uh, units sold. It's also platinum in Canada with 100,000 units Ooh. sold. And uh, UK, the album is silver with 60,000 sold. The single outpaced, according to, I, I kind of don't trust these numbers, but um, <laughs> the uh, according to Wikipedia, it outpaced the single outpaced the record. Um, okay, structure. The album version of the song is a D major key, a 10B Camelot, at 162 BPM and 246 duration. Um, the acoustic version is exactly the same except for 148 BPM, which makes that a 311 duration. And then the demo is also D major, but at 160 BPM, making it 2 minutes 49 seconds. Justin, shall we jump into the... Uh, lyrics. Let's do it, man. I got them ready for this behemoth. All right, oh, man. The middle. And let's see what I have set aside here. I have genius and the liner notes. And what do I have here? Page two. Uh, oh, right, because it's split across two pages on the liner notes. I'll go from the liner notes because we like to look at the punctuation. Do you want to listen to the genius annotation before or after I go through these lyrics? Uh, let's listen to them after. All right, here we go. So this is just my interpretation of these lyrics for The yeah. Middle by Jimmy World. Here we go. I'm going to got, I, I have the verse broken down in half. So here we go. Hey, don't write yourself off yet. It's only in your head you'll feel left out. You feel left out or looked down on. And I think what Jim's saying here is, hey, don't give up on yourself. All of these negative thoughts are in your head, like feeling isolated or that people look down on you. All that stuff. It's all in your head. Just try your best. Try everything you can, and don't you worry what they tell themselves when you're away. Do your best, your personal best, and that will be just fine. Don't let these stray thoughts get into your head and worry about things being said when you aren't around. Chances are nobody is talking about you behind your back. We've talked about this, I think, I'd say at this point three or four times across Jimmy or lyrics is that that whole, you are your worst critic, right? And likely... People aren't talking about you behind your back. And I think that's what Jim's getting at here with this track. So far, are my lyrics on point? Yep. Okay. All right. Chorus. These four lines are all by themselves here. It just takes some time. Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be just fine. Everything, everything will be all right. All right. And it sounds to me as though it's an adult giving advice to somebody younger, telling them that they're smack dab in the middle of the ride of the life or maybe just the specific moment in their life and everything is gonna be okay. Look, it just takes some time. Give it give it a moment, pause, breathe, it will be fine. Like that reaffirmation, right? Just giving them that moment of clarity. Okay, verse two, first half. Hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know they're all the same. You know you're doing better on your own, so don't buy in. And either saying people who don't respect you are just gonna do as they do, or we're all human beings and should really only care about ourselves. One of those two perspectives, right? Um, if it's the former, don't give in to the lies or characterizations that they're making. Everyone's all the same. Everyone's a human being from the beginning. Um, so don't buy into what they're saying about you. Just brush it off, which is such a tough thing to do, to brush things off. But that's what Jim is saying in this instance here. Second half of verse two is live right now. Yeah, just be yourself. It doesn't matter if it's good enough for someone else. And here we're saying, live your life to the best of your abilities. Don't be so hard on yourself if you don't live up to your own expectations. 
And certainly, don't try to live up to other people's expectations. I think that's a good point, is it's really difficult when you're somebody who tries to please people living up to somebody else's expectations. But, you know, it's hard not to want to please everybody, right? Make everyone happy. And then on the liner notes, there's just a small discrepancy. It doesn't matter if that's good enough for someone else. okay. So instead of if it's good enough, if that's... I guess he's speaking to living right now and just being yourself. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it doesn't matter if doing those things is good enough for someone else. The thing that preceded Mm -hmm. it is good enough for someone else. Very, very uplifting. All right, and there is really... Okay, so the chorus goes by twice. We've repeated this chorus now twice. Then there's a guitar solo with 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 a woo. I, I cannot stress enough, guys. There is a woo before the guitar and, and solo. You know what's funny is like Susie, Susie, and I mean really everybody, but I always notice because Susie is right next to me. She always does the woo, and everybody does the woo, and the woo it just never stood out to me enough to do the woo live. I don't know why it never stood out to do me. Do you think now? I and we we'll listen to Christian James Hands uh, breakdown of this, but mm-hmm. like to to you, does it sound like the woo was an afterthought, or that was something that just Jim was doing in the middle of in the heat of the I'm moment? I'm interested to hear it from Christian James Hands yeah. stems, but my gut says that it was in the moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get to that part. I'm, I'm going to make sure I have I have stuff marked off. If we miss it, I know exactly where to go. So we'll see how how he does that. But there's a woo. W-O-O <laughs> with an exclamation mark. And the guitar solo. And then it's it, the first half of verse three starts off the same as third verse. It same f- as the second. Is same same first, as verse. Yeah, same as the first. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Third verse. Same as the first first half. So the second half goes thusly. Just do your best. Do everything you can. And don't you worry what their bitter hearts are going to say. And this is that that culminating moment that the message here that Jim is saying is don't worry about other sour people. They're just bitter humans and want to drag you down to share in their bitter misery. And what they say doesn't matter. Just do your best and be yourself. Which I'm, I, I have to say, I'm guilty of bringing. You know, you, you just kind of talk, and you, and you're in a, in a crappy mood yourself, and you just want to see, like, hey, what's, what's, what's the sad things that are going on in your life, <laughs> and asking somebody else that you're hanging out with, and they'll say, oh man, you know, I kind of been, I've been dragging down on work and things. Misery like that. loves company. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the saying, and I think that's exactly what Jim's getting at here is that misery loves company, and don't give in to that. Do your best. So very positive all around. This one is, I don't think there's any hidden message in this one. It's pretty positive being in the middle, which I think references just being stuck in that moment, that place where you have a choice to be positive or negative and uh, in life, like the, it may, maybe mm-hmm. not even positive or negative, but you're, you're in that moment in life when you're realizing that <laughs> you, it, it's like when you become, um, God, what was it? There was a reel that I saw. When I think it was something, something like two year olds when they when they when they're aware of life and they're mm. just all of a sudden like the sibling is just yelling and the parent yeah. is telling them to stop doing something and they're just aware of life in this moment they're like no. what the hell is going on here <laughs> that sort of thing is just like when you when you realize you're in that moment between before and after take some time to just realize that look you have you have the moment to make the decisions and. And, and make some uh, literal choices. 
That's a good. Now, before we jump into the genius annotations, I'll read the about section on genius, if that's cool. Go ahead. This is written by one contributor, uh, who is Alex Koenig, K-O-E-N-I-G. And uh, this was 11 years ago. And Alex Koenig not only created it, but also accepted it. So there you go. I should should suggest (laughs) an addendum here. There's the uh, the the Uh, Obama putting a... The award on himself, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the Middle was written after Jimmy Eat World had been dropped from Capitol Records after their p- previous album, Clarity, had been released. Jimmy Eat World's first album, Static Prevails, had sold just 10,000 copies in 1996, and Capitol Records decided to drop the band in 1999 due to a change in priorities. Singer-guitarist Jim Atkins explained to the Dallas Observer, we were just about invisible there and it wasn't going to get any better. The middle reflects at these trying times for the band with lyrics about don't write yourself off yet when feeling left out or looked down on. The band decided to finance the recording of the album and decided to keep things simple on the new record rather than experiment, as they had done on previous records. On our new stuff, rather than changing ourselves by getting real experimental, we kind of went in the other direction, challenging ourselves by getting very simple. So that is uh, that is the main about section, and there are a couple blurbs at the bottom here, but we can go ahead and read those uh, from those are from alt press articles. Okay. Uh, after we dig into some of these annotations here. Okay. There's just a couple of blocks in here on the Genius page that uh, have annotations here. So this first one is the entire first verse from Ali Katz. So one contributor for this one. Uh, Ten so years ago. For the, yeah, for the entire... Oh, I'm sorry. Created by Mr. Zercules. Yeah, that's interesting. I would right? I would have said the same thing. It's Created by Mr. Zercules, except Alley Katz gets the contribution. I don't get it. Yeah, a, a girl from the alleys of Detroit who loves everything about all types of mm. music. I don't know. Okay, so created, but there's the genius annotation from Alley Katz. I'm not sure how to read this. So this entire first verse is uh, is annotated like this, the literal meaning of the phrase to write off is to discredit or to give up on this particular person or thing. These lyrics mean don't think that you have you don't have a future because you do have a purpose. And then they have the image of a green arrow pointing to the right with the this looks like a yard sign. Your purpose awaits. It does. It, yeah, it looks like um the, you know, please pick up after your dog poop. In fact, if you look down on the bottom, I wonder if this was like a template. You can see the little wire. Yeah. The little wire sticker thing that yeah. you put in the, in the bottom. Okay, the next one. I love. I mean, what was it last week that we looked at the one that had the the gif in there? Mm-hmm. There was an actual gif. So this one, I, it's very interesting having these the media just kind of peppered in between these annotations here. Yeah, this is like a photo of these actual people, right? <laughs> it's so interesting to me. So two contributors. This one is Zaphod B forty two and Alex Koenig. Uh, created by Alex Koenig and then accepted by outgrowing outgrown things. So this is for the chorus, which repeats a couple of times here. The middle of the ride refers to adolescence, the period in the middle of childhood and adulthood. Also, within the context of the song, it's reminding you that you may have hit a few snags, but life isn't over yet. Don't write yourself off because it's only the middle, not the end. There's still plenty of time to achieve. Insert goal here. Mm. I like that. I like that they put that in there. The insert goal here, because you never, you never know what uh, what somebody wants to achieve in that at that point in their life, like at stages of life. Like earlier, I would have wanted to 
let's say 10 years ago, you asked me what I wanted to live, how I wanted to succeed. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to have my own thing. Now, I just want to have a comfortable life and enjoy myself and be able to go on vacation and not mm-hmm. have uh, have any regrets, right? Yeah, no regret, no regrets. No regrets. This next no one regrets. is only two years old from Jace London. Yeah, there you go. Okay, the next one actually has, has the verse broken down into two pieces, but this is a long annotation here. This is mm. from Jace London, created by Jace London two years ago. So the first half of verse two says, this means that, I'm sorry, this is so, hey, you know, you're all, you know, they're all the same. You know, you're doing better on your own, so don't buy in. This means that everybody is going to be the same as everyone else you've met. They're going to try and beat you down and tell you that you're not worth it on your own. That's not true, though. You're better on your own than trying to do everything everyone wants you to do and try to please the entire world. You only have to do to please yourself. You only need to please yourself. The only person whose opinion should matter is you. Love yourself. You matter more than you know, especially during COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, you need to be with your family and people you love, and you need to take care of yourself. And if you don't have a family, I can be your internet family. You can always talk to me. My number is 405-888-0901. I'm always willing to talk to you because you always have at least one person who loves you, and that's me. I love everyone until they give a really big hug. A really big reason not. <laughs> a really big reason not to. Really, a really no, big it's reason so funny not to. that I read hug, too. I know. I don't know so why funny. I did that. Um so just talk to me and do whatever to help you out, and I can do whatever to help you out. So there's a uh, lovey eyes, uh, lovey face, and then an orange heart. So yeah, give. Uh, we were talking about calling, but it's uh, very late over there. We found 405 is in Oklahoma. I think. It is, yeah, and they're they're late, yeah. and it's a business address, but it's tied into a home. So mm-hmm. I mean, they've they've publicly jace london has publicly it was like an art studio being run out of a house right, right? and then their little catchphrase thing is i like anime and all types of music so i think they'd be on they'd be down for having a little chat maybe even just saying hey look here's the scene you have no idea that there's a jimmy eat world podcast <laughs> <laughs> call into this well, number 484 jade pod and let us know what you think <laughs> oh four months ago an even newer annotation right now okay here we go a7, like the movie, S-E-7-E-N. <laughs> yes. So, just do your best. Do everything you can. This one is from Twist Stauffer. This is Live Right Now, isn't it? <clears throat> Wait, are we talking about... Oh. Live Right Now, yeah, just be yourself. It doesn't matter if it's Oh, good you're right. Wait, you're right. Are I'm we in different... Up. Nope, you're right. Entries? I clicked, I clicked, I clicked wrong. Right. Oh. <laughs> A7, right? Yeah. Right. So, this is Live Right Now. Just be yourself. I clicked around. I apologize. Uh, Life has to be lived fully. Taking care of what people think is the best way to be afraid to move, making you afraid to do anything. To sum up, free yourselves from people's expectations and judgment and live for yourselves. So A7, some uh, positive words there, yes. (laughs) Live life. (laughs) Live life to its fullest. Sorry, I I, I skipped forward to the next annotation, which is only two months old, from Zeth. Is this uh, is this woo <laughs> created by Zeth? Uh, what is this? How does this work out? The one hundred eighty five. Does that mean they're they're upvotes for this? I think this? that's their IQ. Oh, okay, all right, gotcha. Like their uh, their uh, genius IQ. I don't know what our genius IQ is. Let's see. Oh, dude, we're like negative something. <laughs> okay, so we've uh, got two sixty four. All right, Zeth with one hundred eighty five IQ, hundred percent contribution. Created by Zeth two months ago. So this is the uh, annotation for the line Woo. 
the mm-hmm. annotation is woo. And so we have <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but what do they say? What is their what is their blurb? He slash it and Neos call me Simon. So this is Simon. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Simon. So we've got the that's guitar. The type of, uh, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and give Simon a plus one. Good. Thank you. Get it increases IQ or their IQ. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Their IQ. Verse three, first half. This one is from Twistaufer with a star, which means they have a high IQ. I imagine one point three k. Yeah, yeah, thirteen hundred sixty. Yeah. Uh, eight years ago. And so this is the, hey, don't write yourself off yet. It's only in your head. You'll feel left out or looked down on. Often, we are our own worst enemies. It's easy to think that everyone believes that our deepest fears tell us about ourselves. Most of the time, that's complete crap. We are our harshest critics and give up on ourselves long before others give up on us. This fits well with the theme of adolescence in this song. Learn to trust yourself and not only those around you, as well as the context of Jimmy Eat World, as they had to recover from losing the record label. And then what is this uh, Walt I, Kelly? I, I thought it was Calvin and That's Hobbes, what I thought too, but it's a different it's looking character. It looks like a hedgehog. Walt Kelly, 1971 Walt Kelly. We And, and the caption is, ooh, I clicked out, is we have met the enemy and he is us, which does not seem... For 1971, maybe I'm wrong. You ever do search Google for image? Search image with Google. <laughs> so I I found it. It's Walt Kelly's 1971 Earth Day essay. In 1971, for the second year in a row, Walt Kelly helped publicize Earth Day with special art, and uh, and the last frame has uh. So here's here's the, the the top frame is Ah Pogo, the beauty of the forest primeval gets me in the heart. And there's like some, I, I don't know what this is, like a, some, you know, let me go ahead and send this to you. So you're I guys, I'm looking at it. Thing. It gets me oh, in okay, the feet, great. porcupine. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess it's a porcupine and they're both walking through like a park or something near a forest. And then uh, porcupine says, it is hard walking on this stuff. And then uh, he, he says, uh, yep, son, we have met the enemy and he is us. So that is the source of that. Uh, most people think, seem to think that the two-panel comic strip was the regular comic strip for April 22nd, 1971. It was not. The Pogo Comics syndicated in newspapers for April 22nd was a continuation of that week's satire. And it does not include that frame at all. Uh, the Earth Day 1971 issue, like Earth Day 1970 poster before it, was uh, really was special. It was distributed to newspapers around the nation, accompanied by a Walt Kelly editorial about pollution. The newspapers, of course, laid out the comic and column as they saw fit, and at times they felt best. It appeared in newspapers from April 16th to April 22nd, 1971. Those familiar with Walt Kelly know that he was a genius as a wordsmith, as much as he was an artist. So while his comic art for Earth Day 1970 and 1971 is ubiquitous at this time each year, we thought we would present for fiftieth for the first 50th anniversary his seldom read 1971 Earth Day column. And uh, We Have Met the Enemy is the name of the thing. So yeah, uh, I don't know, cute little character. It is. Yeah, and you can see how they whited out that the, the entire left side of that panel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. From what they copied. Okay, so anyway, that's the source of that. I, okay. I just wanted to find it. So here we go. Thank you. Okay, so second half of this is uh, just do your best, do everything you can. And this one is from Twistaufer again. So in spite of your doubts, fears, and insecurities, it's time to press on, to live life, to trust things that will work out. It's always too early to quit, as the saying goes. If you try your best and trust, the path will appear. 
Just ask Indiana Jones. Remember how he had to take the first step into the abyss? Are people prompted to make visual cues in this? <laughs> like when you're adding an like a I guess some kind of annotation, do they say, is there any kind of imagery that you can apply to this? Because that's very interesting. Yeah. And then that's it for there you go. That, those are the annotations. annotations. Yeah. Let's look real quick down here. Um, ask us a question about the song. So there's a couple um uh there's a question who have the art what have the artists said about the song uh butternut pumpkin with 42761 iq um is an editor from uh uh genius.com uh uh, oh i guess butternut pumpkin five years ago asked it and then maybe contributed as well frontman jimmy uh jim adkins shared in an interview with Alternative Press. Back in the days of really early social media experiments, we had an email address. And we've talked about this email address. It's jewpod at AOL.com, <laughs> which I think is hilarious because yeah. that would have 100% been the email for this podcast if we had started in 99. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was our first venture into the internet before websites were a main thing. It was like an electronic version of writing the band via post office box. There was a girl who wrote in saying she was not feeling like she fit in at her school because she wasn't punk enough. I guess this song is sort of directed at her. People love to argue about what punk rock means, but I think a basic tenet that everyone might agree on is a level of open-mindedness. I just found it funny that these people who are identifying with punk would be close-minded towards someone for not being punk enough, and it just felt like they don't get it, and you shouldn't worry about them. And uh, that got 15 upvotes. And I thought it funny that that, like, I feel like as a Jimmy Eat World fan, that was the anecdote I've always known about this song. I don't know when this alternative press article came out. Um, Yeah, this took me to an old uh, thing. Let me go to archive.org, which I I think I have this this article earmarked for later. But I want to get the date on this article. 2013. So really not that long ago. So this has been a story about the song forever. And I do like the narrate the the narrative that it's about them singing to themselves because they got dropped by the label, but I don't know that they were really disillusioned by that so much as Right. Right? Right. Yeah. I don't I mean, think how about you? So from passive. your fandom, were you aware of this email or uh, being a letter they received from someone. So, like, the whole, in the context, like, when I think of them, in this context, you're saying, like, the email from the fan? Yeah, I mean, whether, he, he, I, I always, when I heard about it, they received a letter. Now, you could receive an email, and that's a letter. I always heard they received a letter from a fan, and this was them responding to that letter. And I even asked Jim, and I believe we left it in the interview, um, on the over episode, but I asked Jim if he ever kept in touch with the person that sent that letter, and he said no. Um, right. And uh, I, I, I have to be honest. I'm a little disillusioned that I wasn't able to track down who this person was, um, because, because they, they would have received this letter in ninety eight, ninety nine. Well, no, and it wasn't a physical letter though. It was all email. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This they would have received this communication. This. 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 But let's just say it was like the same as you and I, where I have. From that time in my life, I created mm-hmm. an email account that I no longer use. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine for both parts, the whole, the, the, what was it? What, what was their AOL account? You know, that they don't have Jupod, access to it. Yeah, Jupod. Like they don't have access to it. 
the original one, like they could probably tell that story and say, oh, that was me. And maybe they're not a person to come out and say, hey, look, I'm going to broadcast this in all these different platforms and say, look, this was me that, that did this because that conversation may not come up that often. But I feel it's because, because of this, it's probably initiated by the fact that that person does not have access to that email. It was a thing that happened, and it's a cool story for them, but no one brings it up enough for them to to say, look, that was me, and then, and then to go through the process of saying, hey, look, it's an account I don't use anymore. I think it's an important story. Like It's, a, it's a, an important uh, initiating conversation for this, but I, I feel as though both parties are guilty of just being completely absolved of those accounts, yeah. and that's it. And it could be it could be one of two things, because like, Obviously, here I am, a white guy hosting a podcast about a band where we talk about every piece of music they've ever recorded. That automatically puts me in that position of if I were that girl, I would tell absolutely everybody I could possibly tell that they wrote the middle because I wrote them a letter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that makes, what does that say about me, right? Um, but uh, the other thing is like, maybe it wasn't one person or one letter. But like a thing that they heard about, maybe Michael and Carly even got shit from people for, you know, going to so many shows all the time and 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 maybe jealous fans that were like, I, I thought of Michael and Carly a lot when I was like, I took a shower before we potted tonight because you were driving home and I was like, oh, I'm going to take advantage. And I was like, you know, was it them? Was it somebody who was jealous that they were hanging out with all these bands and they were like, well, who the fuck are these people like? They don't, you know what I mean? Like, but they're fucking literally hanging with the, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a weird existential crisis because then the other thing is like, you hear about celebrities, right? And I, I'm putting this in the Michael and Carly realm of okay, things. Okay. So-and-so is the nicest celebrity. They're just super kind. I have, I struggle with thinking, am I a kind person? Sure. I think I'm polite. Sure. I think I'm nice. Am I kind? I don't know. I'm not proud of that, but I don't know if I'm kind. And maybe that's why I have whatever mental health weirdness things that I have is these insecurities. And does kindness and all of that come from being secure in who you are? Michael and Carly seem like they would have been insanely secure about who they were. And maybe that's why they became close with bands like Weezer jimmy eat world and were so integral in their lives that they had songs written about them tribute shows to them and they were two fans in the 90s you know what i mean like if we didn't start this podcast and michael and carly hadn't died in that car accident they would have hosted jimmy eat pod you know what i mean yeah and and probably would have done way better than we did so <laughs> um it would be all different. of that is to say is is it an allegory there isn't one person or one email or one letter. It's an easy story to tell. Let's be honest. Jim's probably media trained and can distill something that has a lot of nuance down into something that is biteable and, and, and easily digestible. It's easier to say we received an email that had this subject in it and it was good advice that we could see that maybe a lot of people were struggling with and made it easy to write a song about. Um, and in this article came out in 2013, 14 years after they wrote the song. Is it possible that they have at this point just distilled that soundbite into their most popular song 14 years later? They're just like, here's the soundbite for why we wrote the song. 
Well, okay. I had to look it up. I had to look up the term. So there is a term confabulation, right? Whereas like mm. you, you hear or even create a, 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 a an instance of something in your mind. And then maybe it was someone that, maybe it was someone that instilled it in you or you did it yourself. But that one initial time that you have that thought has now engrossed it's like made this whole story and so he's just so used to saying there was a time when i got was on the the email and maybe he dreamt part of it it could be any one of these considerate like these these different pathways like he dreamt part of it and then he thought well (laughs) it sounds about right or i had heard one time in conversation with people that were fans and they said hey you know they, they mentioned something about this and then it had just made itself into this big the huge story so it could be both things it could be it could just be like you said like an allegory or it could be just be like a, a, a what, what was the word the, the term here uh, the confabulation like a confabulation that they made i don't know if it's like that because this is such a big song right i don't know if it's anything like that i almost feel like Jim is is so true, and he's. I, I feel like he's got a good enough memory with every instance of people bringing up other bands, other shows that they've been to, and he'll go, "Oh yeah, we talked about uh, Echo and the Bunnymen." Like he'll bring up specifics. So I feel like Jim is very genuine in how he will respond, and so I'm taking him at his word when he says there was an email that we had, there was somebody, maybe not the specifics of what he replied to them. Like what does he say? Um, I have it annotated. It's in one of the the show notes thing that I have here. We'll get to it. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm some sure specific, I have it. There yeah, there's some sp- specifics. Yeah, s- specific terminology that he uses that he said he replied with. Who knows if it was that? But over the years, the last twenty years, I'm sure it's morphed a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have a good point, and, and I think maybe we'll get some more from here. This is a, a another genius contributor, another butternut pumpkin contribution five years ago. Um, and uh, it says, was this song inspired by the band being dropped from Capitol Records? And it says, when asked in an interview with Alternative Press whether the song was a reaction to being dropped from the record label, Jim Atkins answered, not at all. From our perspective, it was just a continuation of what we were doing. We flew pretty low under the radar at Capitol. When we were on the label and when they had let us go, we didn't notice anything different. There wasn't any major shift from our perspective in how we operated or what we were doing. So that is what Jim had to say, uh, at least in 2013, about uh, uh, about whether or not it was inspired by them being dropped from Capitol. And that kind of goes in line with, I mean, what, 180 episodes into the podcast, I didn't even have to read that blurb to be like, they didn't really give a shit that they got right. dropped from Capitol. Yeah, like, they had other They were releasing man. seven inches on the side because no one at Capitol gave a shit. Like, <laughs> even when, even, so. I, even with what Zach was saying, when, when, uh, K Rock had picked them up, I almost feel like even in the back of their minds, they're thinking, we still got to chug along. We, we cannot mm-hmm. rely on the fact that the world famous K Rock has picked up one of our songs. Let's say K- like, that's it. They've <laughs> always. <laughs> They've always been the DIY uh, approach to everything from day one. Yep. So All yeah, right. there. Uh, that is our deep dive into the lyrics All and right. the, and the well, genius notes there. And shall we you. jump into track notes. Let's I, do it. I, I, I almost wish I, I. I remember joking about this once before, but I wish I had made a Google Sheets 
template instead of a Google Docs template because I could tell you how many lines of notes that I <laughs> Right, but then it wouldn't be so easy to read. I feel like this... It, it, exactly, yeah, the, yeah. It wouldn't be easy to write. It wouldn't be easy to read. It's way easier to write it in a yeah. Google Doc. So anyway, um, some quick things uh, off the top. It's the second single off of Bleed American. Second to Bleed American, the title track, which was the lead single off of Bleed American. This is the second single. Um, here's what the Wikipedia entry had to say about the background and composition. So we'll probably get into more. We're going to go over this many a time. The middle was written after Jimmy Eat World had been dropped from Capitol Records following the release of Clarity, their previous album. Their second album, Static Prevail. Oh, we already read this almost verbatim. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the middle reflects these trying times for the band with lyrics about don't write yourself off yet. When Yeah, this is all exactly the same. Well, shows how, <laughs> shows how much I read. <laughs> um, oh. Misheard lyrics. Love that from kissthisguy.com. Um, here are some misheard lyrics from the middle. It just takes some time, little bit. Uh, let's see. It just takes some time, little bit, a little bit of after rhyme. Elbow it, elbow it will be just fine. Elbow it, elbow it, it will be all right, all right. <laughs> um, and then it has the real lyric in there. I'm not going to go through it. So this was submitted by Anonymous uh, in 2007. And this person was 17 years old when it happened. It's not better than the original lyrics. Uh, never convinced others that this person was right. And there was no parting involved. Here's what the story uh, says. I was at work and trying to sing along when I realized it didn't make any sense. Luckily, no one hurt me, heard me that I know of. So that is one of the misheard lyrics. I've got a few, <laughs> quite a few more. <laughs> it just takes some time, little middle, a little <laughs> bit of apple rind. <laughs> This is from 2008. Apple this rind. person was 15 years old. They did try to convince others that they were right. Here's the story. I thought this was, uh, I thought this when I was little and realized when I played Rock Band 2. They didn't know until they played Rock Band 2 that they had the, ly the lyrics incorrect. Here's another one. It might take <laughs> some time, little girl, but you need to get a life. Evelyn, get Evelyn, just get a life. A Evelyn, name. Evelyn, just get a life. <laughs> Evelyn, get a life, man. Get a Jeez. life. This person was 34 years old when this happened. A <laughs> 70s fan wrote this uh, in 2008. They think it's better than the original lyrics, and they tried to convince other people that they were right. Um, <laughs> the story, she needs to get a life. I don't see a problem here. <laughs> okay. Um, everything, everything will be just fine. Uh, that is the oh, and then they said the real lyric is elbow it, elbow it will be just fine. My guess is they submitted this lyric, uh, this misheard lyric backwards and then corrected it later. <laughs> um, here's a, here's an interesting one it just takes some time, little girl. You'll in the middle alkaline elephant, elephant will be just fine, elephant, elephant will be all right, all right. Um, <laughs> This was submitted in 2009. Amy Space uh, says that it happened when they were 16. I had always thought it was strange to write a song about an elephant, they said. <laughs> this is so stupid, but we never get... There were like six Jimmy Eat World songs on this entire site, so I'm giving this site its due. <laughs> um, so that's the elephant one. Uh, they submitted it several times. Oh, no, this is uh, just somebody else also thought he said alkaline. It just takes some time, a little bit, a little bit of alkaline. Everything, everything will be all uh, just fine. Um, yes, they think it's better than the original, and they try to convince the, the, uh, 
and others that they were right. This is submitted by Fluffy Fingers in 2010. Guess he wasn't advocating the use of alkaline as a drug to deal with peer pressure, after all. All right. <laughs> um, uh, it's it, This is a terrible website to navigate because you don't know where you are when you go back. Um, Edison, Edison will be all white. Uh, I was singing the song with my friends. All I white. thought that the song was a tribute to Thomas Edison. And then I saw the real lyrics. Head desk. Um, they were 15 years old when it happened. They think it's better than the original, and they tried to convince other people they were right. Uh, that is submitted by Extoria. They were 15 when it happened, and they submitted in 2010. A uh, <laughs> little bit of in, a little out the rhyme, uh, instead of little girl you're in the middle of the ride. When my friend's band covered the song, I heard it more clearly, and then I realized, says Psycho Shiler. In 2010, they were 12. So I think that's okay. When you're 12, you don't know anything. Yeah, about. you don't, right? You just, <laughs> um, let's see. It just takes some time. Little better in the middle of... What? It just takes some time. Little better in the middle at the right. I was playing either SingStar or Rock Band with my friends, and this song was on it. As I sang, I realized the words were coming out of my mouth didn't match the words that were on the screen says Mungo Jerry in 2010. They were 30 when this happened. Um, all right. Just a couple more. Come on. Elvis's pelvis will be all right. <laughs> I asked my girlfriend's son what the heck they were saying. Uh, this is in 2013. They were 39 when this happened. They think it's better than the original. Um, hey, don't rot yourself away. I was listening to this old throwback and saw the lyric video. That the song uh, was not, in fact, about rotting away. Who knew? <laughs> Says Kick Dance 98 in 2014. They were 16 when it happened. They think it's better than the original. Hey, don't write, don't rot yourself away. That is the end of my misheard lyrics. Yeah, those are <laughs> so interesting. Um, do you want to? It's hard to read them I, when yeah. you know the lyrics. But like, right, because you're forcing yourself to read them incorrectly. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tag team the songfacts.com listings here? Yes. Okay, let's um, do this. Let's see. Yeah. So I've, I've given you the link. You might have you, it on your own. You take the first one. I'm all, all right. right. Okay, here we go. This is from Song Facts. This is about fitting in and how you don't have to be the same as other people to be popular. In an interview with NME, Jim Adkins remembered reading an email from a young fan who wrote that she didn't fit in with the punk crowd at school because she, quote unquote, wasn't punk enough for them. He explained, the tenet of the punk ideal, or, you know, the alternative, outside the mainstream, kind of ideal, is that you think yourself being more accepting. I guess the tune was kind of a reaction to that, like you don't want to be friends with them anyway. Which is, I mean, that's essentially what we, yeah, have, we have glossed over. I will say, like, I mean, we were high school in the 90s. Like, I, I feel like probably me more than you, like, was kind of gatekeeper about shit. And, like, my favorite band is Blink-182. Like, how much can I gatekeep punk? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, people, why is punk so shitty like, with people? Like, I do think in, the like, the modern day, the progressive ideals of probably what punk was born out of is becoming more mainstream and accepted. But, like, in the late 90s, it was also, we were also so full of misogyny and listening to Limp Bizkit on purpose. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> dude, I, I, and I can even say I had $3 Bill, y'all. I can't believe I bought did. that album on its own. I think I got it from Columbia House. I think it was part of that whole, uh, 
And my mom, I remember even listening to um, what was the what was the track that was Faith was the big Faith. One. Okay, listen yeah. to that. And my mom came in, and she was so sweet about it. She walked in the room after I had listened to it, and I was pissed. It was one of those days where I was pissed about my stepdad and all this stuff, and and just frustrated. And I listened to it, and, and when he says "Shut the fuck up," and she heard it, and she walked in, and she said. Do you have to listen to that that loud? I heard the curse word and I thought, you know what? I don't have to listen to it that loud, actually. And so from that point on, I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to curb my listening volume. I'm going to take it down from 32 decibels down to like 40 decibels, you know, like on the on the thing. And uh, well, and it's backwards I'm, to me, but okay. It, but it's negative. I guess a negative. Oh, 30. I see. I see. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm speaking because like, you go from zero, right? So I'm thinking to myself, I was like, I don't have to be that edgy in my own house. And it wasn't even my house. <laughs> it's like, it's, this is not the house that I need to be edgy in. I need to be edgy in yeah. my own place. In so, your truck. Right. Where you big <laughs> That's speakers. my safe space. So I, I, and I thought to myself in that moment, it's like, I don't need to be this yeah. uh, listening so on yeah, purpose. All, all that's to say, like, we're not surprised that somebody at some point was marginalized. for. I mean, here's the thing is I was a Blink-182 fan. All Blink-182 fans got in the late 90s was how not punk they were. And so maybe I was just reacting to that, right? Like, yeah. I was just and like, making no, a sta- like, like making a, a, a space for yourself, like making a stance, yeah. taking a yeah. stance, I guess. Yeah. So not only was I gatekeeping, I was also being gatekept. <laughs> and uh, I think we're all just trying to... Dude, the, the ultimate. <laughs> I think I think Jim's take on it, and that's why he was rewarded with like a million. They they all were rewarded with millions of records sold because they fucking came at it in 1999 when they wrote this song with a fucking good attitude and the right attitude. I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Their their take on the whole thing holds up. They so have here's the always had that attitude. Yeah. yeah. Here's the next bit, and it links to, I guess, more information. Oh, it just it, has it's a, a suggestion a, a credit, credit from see. Bertrand Franz. Yeah. This was the breakout hit for Jimmy Eat World, who released their first album in 1994. The song climbed to number one on the modern rock chart in 2001 and made number five on the Hot 100 in the summer of 2002. So think about this. Think about this in terms of timelines. I always think the 90s were like the longest decade ever. Because we love them so much, that's why. Do you know how old, without looking it up, how okay. old do you think Tupac was when he died? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and say he was, he, I, I feel because he, he was so successful in his. And prolific. Think of all the songs that Tupac right, released. Right, And so I yeah. think of that. But then I think now, you're asking me now, as a as a 39 going on 40 year old, right? how old I think he was. And just because I've been asked that question in different context, I want to say he was like 22, 25. Okay. He was 25. He didn't sign to death row until 95. I found out today. Okay. And so he was in digital underground in the late eighties. So think of like from 89 to 96 when he died, that's seven years. Right. Right. From 94 to 2002 is longer than the successful career of Tupac Shakur. (laughs) It's just bonkers to me. So like, so that's what I'm saying. They released their first album in 94 and they didn't have a number one song until 2002. Um, So more important, 
don't write yourself off yet. Right. Right. <laughs> if if there was ever a song that that, were, that the band coined that said, "Look, yeah. hey, I was look, sort of thinking of that. Listen like, to us. Like I ate so badly today, and I drank so much today. Um, Susie said I got a little um, Sun. sunburn on my nose. I'm sure Marina is real mad at me. It's all right. <laughs> we're sunscreen. <laughs> um, but uh, um, I was like, you know what? Like I'm. Uh, and this is twofold. Like, I'm not even 40 yet. Like, n- my 30s could be my, like, I was complaining to Susie. Like, I feel like I'm 16 still. Like, why is my body doing this? Like, I, I per- like my brain, what's in this, what's driving this fucking body is 16 years old. But, like, my body is not 16 years old. And, like, so m- my 40s will probably be, like me making up for it all and like maybe getting healthier. Like mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't know. But um, also I was thinking like the uh, LA in a minute, popular Instagram Evan, profile. Right? Yeah. Uh, Evan. I found out he was born in 78 and I was like, Oh, he's like considerably older than me, <laughs> like, but, he, like, but he's not. Cause he's five years older than me. Right. But I can look at him who didn't really see the successes that he's seeing until he was in his 40s right so that's where i'm sort of coming at it from like he is i could consider myself six years behind him who only really like obviously he's pretty successful he lives near ventura boulevard in the valley in his second home so he's doing okay for himself but like you know i i can at least hang my hat on maybe i'm not too far behind you well like tonight i thought we were at the show right and the the comic, the main comic, who is Randy Felthead, right, had alluded to him being in his early 40s. I think like 42 or 43, in specifically. Maybe not even alluded. The puppet or the puppeteer? The puppeteer. <laughs> okay. And so he had been making jokes for the last decade, at the very least, because he had, he had there was a couple of callbacks to when... In 2013, he said, this is a, like, there's like a head, like, there's, a, there's a segment where he says, like, I'm, I'm thinking about a joke that I made back in 2013. He had been, for 10 years, chugging along, doing his thing as a as a up-and-coming comedian. And now, as a, as a 42 or 43-year-old, finally found themselves and are making a living on it. And it made me, it made me feel better as someone coming into being 40 going, Hey, I still have a couple more years if I want to find myself. But you know what, though? I don't think I'm ever going to really find myself in that regard. I'm just going to be happy and and how I am now. I'm happy with how my life is and what we're doing, what we've created, and all these things that we have done together, which is I've always operated on my own, right? I've always been like a solo, like a little like uh, <laughs> some like a solo artist. But now operating with you in this whole thing, it's like it's – it's different to think that I think the same way. I don't know if I necessarily think of myself as a 16-year-old, but who knows where you and I are going to be in our mind space in 10 years. When we're on the cusp of 50, are we still going to have that mindset of being 16-year-old? I hope so. I really do. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's going to be a mix of us having a 16-year-old mindset, but also the, the the what's the word? Um, not... I want to say professionalism, but it's it's just like being responsible. Experience, it's responsibility. Right? Yeah. The responsibility yeah. of being knowing what we we're supposed to be, but still having um, the mindset of a younger person. This is all unprecedented. No one has ever been in the state where we have been, you and I have been, with accessibility to information, 
technology, and then also like where we are in life. And so I, I think all of this is uncharted territory, David. And where you are right now is perfectly valid. And I'm excited to see where we are in the next 10 years. Because I hope sure, you man. I hope you still feel 16. I really do. <laughs> I want to be that way. I do. Yeah. I hope. We'll see. Yeah. As I break my arm again. It's uh, it's a great I mean, I think it's pandemic. a really cool thing. It's a it's a neat thing to bring up because I don't think you should feel the age that you are. We're still going to be responsible. I mean, we are now, right? But just uh, who knows how we're going to feel in in 10 years. You and I could be Let's surfing. See. Like tandem surfing. <laughs> what is yeah, it? Right? What is it with the the? Is it windsurfing? The ones with like the surfboards with the the little things on them. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. give me that. David, you want to go windsurfing today? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Yeah, maybe Nick Hexum will be out there. Yeah, you know it. Oh God, uh, I, I I'd have to get out of the water. I go, David. I got to be in the water, or I got to be on my <laughs> towel because Nick Hexum's out here, and I, you know, me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Watch. <laughs> yeah. Let me read the next little bit here. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is the next section. The song's music video was a three-minute coming-of-age flick directed by Paul Fedor. It features a fresh-faced, fully clothed teenage boy placed played by Josh Kleher, or Kelleher, uh, who attends a cool house party at which Jimmy World are playing. The shindig is quote-unquote clothing optional. And everyone except the band are in their underwear. The clip received plenty of play on MTV, especially on Total Request Live, TRL. Frontman Jim Adkins recalled to Billboard magazine in 2013 that the clip's concept was pretty much Fedor's. Quote, unquote, it was a leap of trust to work with him, he added. Because it could have ended up, he tastefully told the story a little bit on edge, um, but it could have gone really bad. We just had to trust him and it worked out. And I feel like this, that's their whole mentality, even with us. When he messaged us and said, hey, look, I'm going to come on the pod. It was, a, am sure, a little bit of a gamble on his part, thinking, hey, there's a couple of dudes that are doing a podcast about our band. This could go one of two ways. Yeah. And so I, I think Jim is a, a perpetual yes man, and I'm very yeah. happy about that. Absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's always game. Yeah. For a long time, frontman Jim Atkins thought this song was too simple to take seriously. He told NME. There's definitely a stigma, I think, when you're working on something that's some that uh, that if something is too easy, it's not earned. You know, you develop your idea quickly. It's not earned. So I thought the middle was kind of not as good as some of the other songs because I hadn't like sweat over it so much. <laughs> but I mean, you got to sometimes you got to let that go and be cool with it. They're just cool guys, man. Sometimes you just got to yeah. let it go there. I think you they are inland bot. surfers. Yeah, these guys are just the, the equivalent of a of a SoCal surfer, dude. But they're in uh, they're in Arizona. All right, uh, the next little totally. segment here. Uh, everyone had a good time making this song, including one guy who was enjoying himself too much. And I think this goes back to what we had in our last episode with sweetness. Of I think it was Tom, right, talking about boners. He said boners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, enjoying himself a little too much. Adkins laughed. He was having a hard time in the heat hanging out with a bunch of scantily clad ladies. Although, it says that Adkins laughed. I still think it was Tom that laughed about this. Yeah, right, totally. Yeah, it goes on to say, <laughs> drummer Zach Lind credits the album's producer, Mark Trombino, for honoring the simplicity of the song while finding ways to make it interesting. He told NME, he was really great at like finding these cool little sort of sonic textures to put in different places. It might not have the same kind of movement from one part to the next if you don't have the those subtle things in there. 
Totally. And they're the things we talked about earlier where there's all these little elements you don't notice when the lyrics are there. But when you listen to the instrumental, it's the second half of the first verse is different than the first half. Yep. And then when the chorus opens up, you think, you know, my my go to thing and, you know, my trick is to uh, uh, double up my guitars, pan them, uh, stereo pan and all that stuff. But they have an acoustic in there also backing up that. And uh, it's way buried in the mix. It's not. It's not um, uh, it's not forward, but it's important. I almost wanted to say it wasn't important, but it is important. That's what makes it that sonic flourish, right? Uh, Zach put so yeah, right. Um, yeah, pretty cool. This was one of Taylor Swift's favorite songs when she was growing up. I felt comforted by it because I never felt like I really fit perfectly in any clique at school. She told Rolling Stone. Swift finally got a chance to rock out the tune. For 2016, every song for every moment, Apple Music commercial promoting their playlists feature. Using a lip gloss brush uh, as her mic, the songstress brings out her inner rock star. And so this Apple commercial was uh, huge. Uh, It's no longer on Apple's YouTube page, but there are a couple rips that I was able to find that we can play later. Okay. Um, uh, It's just Taylor Swift lip syncing into the mirror, so. Right. And I think like, okay, so saying I felt comforted because I never felt like I really fit perfectly into any clique at school. And you think, how does Taylor Swift not fit into any kind of clique? But I, it totally makes sense. Like as a, as a teacher and then also being as somebody who was in school, like in high school, yeah. there's just people that just are a beyond, that are beyond uh, education and mm-hmm. beyond this and like they have another they have an not an ulterior motive but they have another uh motivation that's that's kind of but they haven't real they haven't been able to realize it yet and i think think that's exactly what taylor swift had realized is that she was she was beyond her years in being knowing what she wanted and then also with the, the community that she was with the high school community which is a cool thing to realize that you're uh, later on in life that I just wasn't it. High school wasn't meant for me. Yeah. Okay. Last little thing here in a 2017 song facts interview Jim Atkins said that he still heard from people who connect with this song. And then the quote goes, I think the number one compliment for a musician is when anybody bothers to make, take time to sit with your work and really make the emotional investment to make it theirs. He said, and the fact that a song like the middle something that's over 15 years old now is still connecting with people and still finding an audience. It's a mind blowing compliment. I mean, you just distilled like everything, right? Every gatekeeping asshole in high school that, that had nothing nice to say to somebody who was just figuring out their shit, gave them a song to listen to. Yeah. Um, the, the person that felt like they were being ostracized. Yeah. Um, and in reality, you were just being ostracized. You weren't, less than or different right right yeah it was just like that in that moment that's what was happening yeah um so yeah there's a lot of cool um interesting i would suggest everybody go check out song facts because there's a lot of really interesting commentary on this and i don't really think that many song facts that we've ever been to have had comments but obviously this being their biggest song there's a bunch of comments in here of people just talking about song helped a lot i moved from the philippines and uh i was bullied by somebody who was um uh who was punk and all this stuff anyway it is really cool interesting uh stuff in here Yeah. yeah 
I never. I don't think I've ever seen the comment section down there. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there you go. Yeah. Check it out. Um. So yeah, there is the alt press quotes on genius. Oh, okay. Andy Greenwald. Um. We've talked about Andy a bunch. He wrote the blurb. We read it last episode, but I figure I would maybe uh, AB this with you uh, again, and we can go back and forth on Andy Greenwald's blurb here on the Bleed American liner notes. Um, uh, so I'll start, and you can uh, start with the second paragraph here. Every band claims they owe it all to their fans. Jimmy Eat World is the rare group that means it. Back at the turn of the century, the guys, Misters Adkins, Linton, Birch, and Lind, had every reason to be despondent. They'd seen their two major label full-length static prevails and the cult masterpiece clarity ignored by their label and the mainstream. Despite growing attendance at their flawless live shows worldwide, as well as minor hit in the form of Lucky Denver Mint, they soon parted ways with Capitol Records. But just as they hadn't gotten overly excited when they went from basement shows in Mesa to major label showcases in L.A., they didn't get overly depressed about starting from scratch. Instead, they hosed down their guitars and tuned up their rickety tour van, or the other way around, and hit the road, selling out shows from coast to coast and striking a unique bargain with their try-hard, I'm sorry, their die-hard <laughs> followers in the process. Come to the shows, bring your passion and some friends, maybe pick up a t-shirt or sticker, and in return, we will return your dedication to us in an album dedicated to you. The result was Bleed American, a timeless record, uh, a timeless album recorded completely on the band's own dime about being in love with love, music, and life itself, all about the things that save us when we can't save ourselves, and about how even if it just takes some time, everything, everything will be just fine. All the songs here, from the seething anti-drug title track to the Rage Against the Dying of the Light finale, My Sundown, are about fighting apathy, about refusing to sit still. Sometimes Jim Atkins' inspiration is romantic, the middle. Often it's musical, a praise chorus, the authority song. And occasionally it's personal, your house. But the message remains the same. Don't settle, just be yourself. Try to fall in love tonight. Bleed American is a landmark album of an interactive era that sounds as fresh and vital today as did the pre-MySpace era that it first appeared on Napster or uh, the record store shelves. Long after that album funded, career invigorating tour ended, and the years since the middle became a number one single, the band appeared on Saturday Night Live and accepted platinum plaques for the record and gold for its successor, Futures, the songs of Bleed American, still create an open circuit, two-way street, a connection as intimate in a packed theater or arena as in any suburban teenager's bedroom in 2001. Sing it back, Jim Atkins exhorts on sweetness, and damn if you don't find yourself doing just that. Andy Greenwald. Nailed it. So I know we read that on the yeah. sweetness episode, but some people might skip that episode and go to this one only. So, um, But also mentions a lot about Bleed American and... Uh, the middle. Shall we do some Jimmy Eat Pod theater? Let's do it, man. I'm okay, ready. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and copy and paste this over to you. I will read MG. <laughs> All right. Um, and the whole thing here is like this dude, Mike Lita, wrote an article trying to like make some sort of narrative out of every song or every album and their song titles. This was in the lead up to uh, surviving, I believe. So uh, anyway. Uh, Mike Lita says, this album was the soundtrack to my early 2000s. It rarely left my CD player. What's a CD player? 
it was the thing in the middle of your car. Sweetness. Now you can get it faster. If you don't use a CD player, record player, or cassette deck, don't complain about the new industry model. Are you listening? The world was to Jimmy. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, classic. I swear. Um, <laughs> here's a fun tweet. Uh, oh, I'm getting in my tweet section, but um, I'll, uh, I, I won't do all of them because, you know, there's a grip. Um, but I am going to send you this tweet here. Um, it just takes some time, but everything will be just fine. If you name this emo band <laughs> oh, that sang the middle. This. <laughs> uh, Jimmy World got the coveted uh, Jeopardy question or Jeopardy oh, answer. Yeah, and, right. Uh, thank you. Zach says, what is the middle band, Alex? <laughs> because the joke is no one knows the name Jimmy World. They just know them as the middle band. <laughs> Right, and that will forever be cringing in my head as the way that was how I introduced them when we did the uh, their Phoenix Sessions meet and greet. Said, hey, it's the middle band, and I don't think they got it. They don't really, I didn't, I don't think they, I think. It's too I, deep of a cut. Dude, it's, I looked at Zach, and he goes, uh, I mean, he didn't even, like, react really, but he just said uh, that. What was, like, that? Uh, what, what was that backstage interview we did uh, where I was like, don't listen to the interviewer anymore. Just watch Zach. And Zach was just so upset yeah, the entire right. time. right. And I feel like that's what I did when I started the whole thing off. It's the, but you know what? The family was there, and I think they appreciated that. And then we got, we got our two minutes with them. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was great. Um, so, uh, anyway, that was a fun tweet. Um, the rest I have in, oh, I've got articles and stuff where you, I, I've got a do grip you, of tweets. Do you want to do, uh, let's break it up. You want to do Christian James hand? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm going to actually break this one up a little bit more and have a little bit of the other pieces. So in sweetness, I just did pretty much Jim's voice and the harmonies and stuff. Yes. I think I, I got a couple of other spots where I wanted to highlight the drums, bass, and then a little bit of some of the guitar work. So let's yeah, do this. I don't know how I skip. Oh, you know why? Because I didn't have it archived at all. So it never showed up in anything for me. So I'm so glad you had this archived. Um, also, uh, this one, uh, uh, different from Sweetness, was I have this one with the comment section. So if you want to see when he's doing, I'll give you, I'll give you, yeah, give the highlights. Uh, yeah, I'll comments. give you the highlights as we're going along. So this is going to be the section where we're talking about drums. So let's listen to Zach do the engine, the, room, the engine room, right? Here we go. Man, this room sounds fucking sick. <laughs> oh, man. so good right and i'm looking at the waveform so clean it's so yeah. crips cripsy right <laughs> okay uh so that was that then i got oh you know what here let's go over to there was some controversy that you had brought up about rick last week let's go oh, ahead some controversy <laughs> controversy let's bring him up on the sound this is rick coming in that's right i forgot about this fucking power these, these aren't even power cables these are suspen suspension bridge cables Ha <laughs> 
Love that tone. Yeah. And so it's like Zach and, and Rick have been playing together forever. And when a bass player and a drummer play together for that long, it's a pretty fucking cool relationship. Another dive bomb. Ooh. Feel change. Oh, that's true. Is this DI'd or is this uh is this a mic? Yeah, I think he said it this was direct in. Mm. Like that, that's oh, what DI okay. later on he does he does mention that. Yeah, that was direct in. Uh but we got this in the comments. Zach is in there or Rick is in there? In the comments. Uh, so uh, it's Jim in the comments. So he's actually oh, he's, Jim in the comments. Okay, cool. So, but in this particular frame here, we've got. Uh, I I wish I could say how I want to say Ubagu every time. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, but that's, I, what, like, that's how I read it in my head. Right. Okay. But she she says go big Rick with capital letters <laughs> on it. Go big Rick. Yeah, man. Of course, go big Rick. So a lot of the the heavy hitters in this thread. Okay, let's go to the next section, which is going to be the counter melodies and the solo. All right, let's do this. This is to 17. This is going to be when the guitar comes in. So I'm going to go, all right, let's listen to the guitar section. Yep, 17 even. Here we go. They're all melody masters. All of this fucking... Right here. Bam, 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 bam. All these interlocking so fucking things, man. And they're all moving independently. It's not like fucking. It's not doing that. Amazing. Hearing that thing isolated, good God, man. Yeah, man. Can you play that solo? What's that? No. Can you play that solo? No, 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 no. I've I've tried (laughs) that the the and I've watched I've watched from close-ups. It's all pull-offs, isn't it? That part alone. Forget about the second, the two the other two thirds even. That part alone is so hard. Exponentially harder than hammer-ons. God, man. (laughs) So much harder for it to resonate that second note at all. Freaking hell, Jim! Come on, 
Uh, okay, where are we? We're at 17. Let's do 28. 28 minutes in. So another 10 minutes uh, ahead. Let's see what this is. Here we go. This is going to be... This is going to be the Jim and Tom all parts panned and solo. So this is going to be the Ooh. solo with other stuff underneath it. So let's listen to this. It's on the extras track. So we'll get oh, there. I love yeah, there the is, extras. There's a rhythm under the lead and there's another thing happening under the verse. But I just want people to experience you guys on either side first. And then Tambo's uh, going to be in here probably. And then I'm going to put that oh, yeah. in. She said smiling. Hello. <laughs> now hear that this is two different fucking performances <laughs> so it's uh what was he getting at here this is the solo okay i'm gonna let this play on for a little bit longer he, he kind of goes into this for a sec here we here we go wow this that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, we'll get back to that. <laughs> and then when we get to the fucking bleepoo, flapoo, fleepoo, fleepoo, <laughs> the the fucking palm mutes are going junk junk, junk junk, junk junk, junk junk. Which you can hear, like that's pretty apparent. Like you hear left, right, like junk junk, junk junk, junk junk, junk junk. Uh okay, I've got three more little bits. Yeah, there's yeah. one at thirty-nine. Let's see, there's one at thirty-nine, so another nine minutes he's gone on for this. Uh here we go. All right. Let's listen to this little bit. What does he have to say? Christ, listen to what this does. Oh, this is with the tambo. Yeah. Kids do love the steady eighth notes. It's very big. So, Zach, did you answer? Is this tambo played all the way through, or did you do the Pro Tools loopy loopy thing? Oh, you know, he says he and and Zach chimes in and says, "I don't remember on tambo, 
But it <laughs> to me, listening to it, it sounds like it's repeated. But I wouldn't put it past the band to be able to just like be able to knock that out. I'll bet they recorded it all the way through. And like Mark being a, a, an early Pro Tools pioneer probably fixed anything that you, might have been. Right. So he cleaned that thing up. Oh, yeah. Good old Mark. Okay, I got a couple more spots. This is Jim, oh Jim's vocals. Let's do. We're on Jim's vocals now. Oh heck yeah! We've gone through the engine room. We've gone through all the solo <laughs> shit. So let's go to Jim vocals. This is right here at fifty one. Y'all baby. <laughs> oh man, ready to get this fucking hook stuck in your head for more? It's like a re up. We're gonna re up the fucking the melody for you guys. All right, enjoy. Jim Atkins, Jimmy Eat World, the middle. Masterpiece. Hey, don't write yourself off yet. It's only in your head you feel left out or looked down on. Just try your best, try everything you can. And don't you worry what they tell themselves when you're away. It just takes some time, little girl, you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be just fine Everything, everything will be alright, alright Hey, you know they're all the same You know you're doing better on your own So don't buy in, live right now Yeah, just be yourself it doesn't matter if it's good enough for someone else. It just takes some time, little girl, in the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be just fine. Everything, everything will be alright, alright. It just takes some time, little girl, in the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be just fine. Everything, everything will be alright, alright. Woo! <laughs> hey. Don't write yourself off yet It's only in your head you feel left out Or look down on Just do your best Do everything you can And don't you worry what their bitter hearts Are gonna say it just takes some time, little girl, you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be just fine Everything, everything will be alright, alright It just takes some time, little girl, you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be just fine Everything, everything will be alright Man, <laughs> you even heard the so wood Woo! So yeah, <laughs> very uh, very Ric Flair having a blast in the studio. Oh yeah, and at that point they've tracked vocals, but this is like the vocal take. Yeah, and they already have the guitars and they already have all that shit in there. So he's probably just stoked on what he's oh, hearing. Oh man, in mm. the feed, you know. And again, like with the vibrato that Jim has in his voice on this whole album, like mm -hmm. you don't get to hear it unless you really listen for it. But when you mm -hmm. hear it in sweetness. In the very the, the final note of sweetness, and you hear his ability to have that that vocal flutter, that uh, the vibrato in there. You can hear it again on this. Me. Yes, <laughs> my, my, yeah, it's just it's amazing what Jim has. He's got an amazing voice. Yeah. Um, I do have the last little bit is going to be. Do you want to do Christian James Hands mix? Yes, please. All right, here we go. This is his mix. 
Mr. Christian James Hand. Hi. Don't write yourself off yet It's only in your head you feel left out Or looked down on Just try your best Try everything you can And don't you worry what they tell themselves When you're away It just takes some time Little girl, you're in a little out the right Everything, everything will be just fine Everything, everything will be alright, alright Hey, you know they're all the same You know you're doing better on your own So don't buy in Live right now Yeah, just be yourself It doesn't matter if it's good enough For someone else it just takes some time Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be just fine Everything, everything will be alright, alright It just takes some time Little girl, yeah. you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be just fine Everything, everything will be alright, Thank you for reminding me about uh, that. Um, uh, because we've listened to the song and a bunch of permutations, let's go back yes. to the original permutation and listen to the early demo. Yeah. Of hit the it. Middle. Um, I'm going to go ahead and turn the volume on this down, and now I will hit it. That second guitar part was already dialed in, man. Right. Oh, dude, they had it. Yeah. 
Even there. so many great hooks to this song and that little drum roll is part of it or the you know the little tom yeah like it's like such a 90s punk jump type of thing but like it's part of what makes the song it was dialed in at the demo which is pretty dope like obviously we have unfinished lyrics and no guitar solo but like the melody is there like the bones of the song oh yeah and it's such an iconic part of this song like for being such a little like a tom roll it's yeah. i mean you could apply it to any song but it yeah. like when you listen to this you think that's the drum that's the drum lick yeah, so yeah it's um it's like i said it's a very common thing like um uh there's a song off cheshire cat that blink does something very similar um why am i not thinking of the name right now uh know you better than that like uh, while you're finding that like the whole i know you better than that and then also when you kissed me because i've been playing i've been playing sweetness on on acoustic and so when i come back from that solo part and i'll think when you kissed me (laughs) have to have to man um wasting time if i play a little wasting time uh you'll hear that uh Oh, blink, David. <laughs> Watch this part right here. Here it comes again. Like, it's just a very 90s, like, punk jump thing to do. Oh, yeah. like, everybody jumps at that part. <laughs> oh, do we man. ever have, like, a, a punk jump phase? <laughs> here, go ahead. Um, dang it. What happened? No, I was going to play some sound effects. Oh. No, go ahead. 
Oh, that, there you go. I had to. Let's see if I can do a remix here. <laughs> you guys ready? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't find it. <laughs> I just want to hear the Wilhelm all day. <laughs> what, did I send you that thing that I saw in my? I just, oh, just I forget about that. Um, <laughs> the uh, the editors forum that I'm in, and somebody said that, uh, oh, I work in the adult film industry, and I've hidden. <laughs> I've oh hidden yeah, the you're right. Scream in several screams. <laughs> you're right. I saw that it was so good. So oh good. my god. Uh... <laughs> Uh, okay, shall we jump into some tweets? Yes. Um, uh, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Before oh, you I'm did the demo, on. right? Can we do the acoustic version real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. This is the acoustic version. Acoustic. Acoustic. From the deluxe the version, right? And I'm reaping all the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yourself off yet. Scoring here looks You know they're all the same. You know you're doing better on your own. So don't buy in. I'll be back. Live right now. Just be yourself. It doesn't matter if it's good enough for someone else. It just takes some time. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Everything will be 
be just fine. Everything, everything will be all right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I think we made the same reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, we did. Anyway, I want to talk we'll about when we that. get to that point. I'm, I'm excited yeah, to yeah. talk about that. Okay. Go ahead. So, what? what <laughs> you had tweets, right? Oh, yeah. I've got some tweets here. All right. Okay. Um, this is from July 23rd, 2021. Thank God for the middle. It's the reason me and my family have health insurance. <laughs> Jimmy, <eat world. laughs> that's pretty good. Um, this is uh, from January 8th, 2021. New band name, The B- the Middle Band. And uh, what are they linked to? What's he linking to? It's something, a dead link. Let's see if this goes anywhere. Archive.org. What does archive.org have to say about this link that Zach posted? All right. It looks like a tweet from the end of, or the beginning of 2021. Let's see. Does it exist? Does it exist? redirecting mid-state events status let's see if it goes who's mid-state events all right middle band jimmy eat world virally virtually performed three albums in full as part of phoenix sessions concert series and so because mid-state events uh posted it as middle band <laughs> that is why zach good grief uh, that's why it started huh <laughs> way to go way to go justin for yeah. <laughs> the middle band. whoops i you know what's funny is that when i watched your video i didn't get that from it all like, right I, I don't think they did maybe they didn't uh, maybe, maybe it was all me it. yeah hey the um, middle band and then zach go ahead goes ahead and says going on tour with heart in a blender band at eve six does not annoy <laughs> me at all haha i just think it's funny <laughs> And uh, what did Jarrett Haas had to say? Yeah, very few bands can claim a song that made it so far into the culture. Truly a thing to be proud of. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Zach not, Zach not all butthurt about it, but it's a pretty funny tweet. Yeah, not bad. Um, oh, here we go. You you wrote me. Acro fucking light. Yes. Um, here oh, is July man. 23rd, 2021. <laughs> the middle. 70s Ludwig Acrolyte snare. <laughs> I was trying to channel my Tom Petty, you wreck me drum part. Steve Ferrone is the man. Oh, man. I love when he pulls, like, old old classic stuff. <laughs> the fucking Acrolyte, man. I will... I, yep. If... if he has a tombstone. I would I would pay a thousand bucks for Acrolyte. them to have Acrolyte <laughs> printed on there. <laughs> for just, sure. August 4th, 2020. The 70s are amazing. The 60s are even better, in my opinion, just to generally a little more money. They are versatile, <laughs> and if taken care of, they will only go up in value over time. The middle. Lucky Denver Mint Snare is a second 70s Acrolyte. Lucky Denver Mint, <laughs> Polaris, Dizzy are all 60s Acrolytes. So it's interesting... That he says the middle Lucky Denver Mint snare is a second seventies acrolyte, but then he also says Lucky Denver Mint is a sixties acrolyte. Now I believe he's um, he's got multiple snares on Lucky Denver Mint, so that's probably why. Um, and this is a reply to his own tweet: snare drum advice. If you want to buy your first good snare drum without breaking the bank, I'd suggest getting a Ludwig acrolyte <laughs> from the seventies or sixties. And then uh, he <laughs> follows that up with, I personally wouldn't mess with any of the Galaxy Astro Acrolytes or the reissues. So there it is. And he links to Reverb. And uh, let's see, 360 bucks. That's not bad. For, yeah, for that, the, for the Acrolyte. Acrolyte. The 70s yeah. Acrolyte? Is it the 70s? Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I would, would it yeah. be, uh, could you walk in? Okay, let me ask you a question. Could you walk in with a snare drum into a live show as a fan? 
Oh, interesting. Uh, I don't know. I feel like your gut would be to bring the head. Just don't. So you're saying just the top of it. Yeah, just the the mechanical part. Like the not the whole drum. But the idea is like, yeah, that doesn't. A head does not an acrolyte make. Then do you instead instead of bringing the whole drum with the snare and everything, do you take the hardware off and bring the shell? Right, like what constitutes? And I'm just trying to think. Like if you could maybe, and maybe it's the person that you you get at the beginning, like you know that's walking you in. Look, I want to get this signed by the band, but then they think this could be a weapon because it's metal, and you're saying just bring the shell, which is the outside and the top. Is that right? So no hardware. That would be my gut because the hardware is probably going to be what gets you in trouble at a show. Right, metal. Like he, that's the yeah. one thing that when you get to the metal detector. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, but like in my mind, Acrolyte is like a um, that's a model of Ludwig drum. Not well, as far as I can tell, it's not a um, yeah. This is seamless aluminum shell, but like that sounds like a material to me. Like Acrolyte is like a type of. Like the, like the way that they manufacture the, or something. Yeah, right. The way they manufacture the metal, right? Yeah. I, I, well, I wouldn't even assume like acrolyte sounds like a, a plasticky type of material, but it turns out that it's just the model. It's what they call the model of drum. Um, it's just a Ludwig model. Here we go. Originally introduced in 1963 as a student drum, the Ludwig acrolyte quickly became the choice of pro players in need of a dry, cracking snare tone. Ludwig is proud to reintroduce the Acrolyte in its original splendor. A seamless beaded brushed aluminum shell made in Monroe, North Carolina. Okay. So you're right. It's like the whole, It's. I mean, it's the entire drum. Like, I, what, yeah. I, like what if you brought, like the, the reverb listing that you gave me, what if you brought it in that, was, that, that was from Zach's tweet. So my guess is right? like Zach was just saying like, hey, this dude's selling one. It's <sighs> 360 bucks. Like, I don't know. Is that a lot? Like, I don't know. I guess I'm not over here. Uh, you know, like, I think it's the same thing. Like, if you were to wear, what is the whole thing? You wear the green vest, right? You can get in, you have a green vest and a clipboard. You can get, in, get into any venue. Mm-hmm. If you come mm-hmm. in with the, with the confidence and say, look, Zach asked me to bring this whole set. You can ask him. Talk to him. And this is what he asked me to bring. I'm bringing this in. Like, you could probably get this in here. It wouldn't work more than once, I don't think, just with the whole. Right. But who knows? I try to bring one in. Maybe that's going to be my life's goal. Is I'll bring a Ludwig Acrolyte, a Ludwig okay. Acrolyte, and I'll just say, "Look, Zach, Zach, ask for the Ludwig. Do you want me to talk okay. to him, or, or, or are you going to be the problem?" A small price to pay, right? All right, we'll see. He would, he he would exchange uh, like a side stage <laughs> show watch for three hundred sixty. Get the hell back sure. here! Come on, you idiot! <laughs> All right, yeah, idiot. Here we go. <laughs> All right, February 18th, 2021. Zach is subtweeting somebody. This is a screenshot from Eve Six Guy. He's Ugh. saying post of the year. Okay, so I have no context other than the screenshot. And this says, uh, Zach is replying to somebody. says, no, I'm just getting swept up in false equivalency bonanza currently taking place. I'll dial it back. So Zach out here trying to sass somebody about something. And Nabisco Inferno uh Dwayne Zachamore responds to him, Eve Six, and Matt Lieb and says, would you say you're stuck in the middle? (laughs) So Eve Six guy is saying post of the year. Jefferson Wheelchair says, it just takes some time, Zach. And Zach responds and says, I actually prefer it just takes some time joke in the middle uh, to the in the middle joke. Nicely done. Um, So uh, Zach, uh, Zach, and I feel like we made 
Well, maybe he didn't say that exactly, but he said uh, last week he says uh, Sweetness is objectively the better song, but the middle is the more popular song. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, that's what that's what yeah. he says. Here's Zach's last tweet about the middle, and then we'll get into Jimmy World's tweets, which are also Zach's tweets. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, and, and here it is. That's exactly what it's for. It's uh, to be honest, it's like the middle is the most popular song, but sweetness is the better tune objectively. So this is like that, uh, and we read that last week. Um, and uh, and I think Lair Galil says this blew my mind. Oh, that's right. They were talking about All Star versus uh, uh, Walking on the Sun, and Walking on the Sun is the better song. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, all right, Jimmy Eat World, tweet number one. This is August 1st, 2018. If our song The Middle was a movie, it would be eighth grade. Kayla is our spirit animal. Congrats to Bo Burnham on a fantastic film. Um, I haven't seen uh, eighth grade. Me neither. I hear it's good. Um, here is the second Jimmy Eat World tweet. This is from January 14th, 2021. Ice-T tweets. Um Ice cold fact. No matter what you do in your life, somebody is going to have a problem with it. F them, F them, F them. You got to do you. It's your effing life. And Jimmy World retweets that and says, Ice T version of the middle lyrics and we co-sign. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love that their relationship with Ice T is I know, so right? funny because they had the same, like, it was like, it was, it was the same. Was it Craig Aronson also worked with Ice T or some, there was some sort of like executive um, synergy there between the two <laughs> things. Um, okay, this technically files under covers, but we're not doing covers. But Jimmy Eat World retweeted this guy Trixie Mattel. Yes, God at Jimmy Eat World, and Jimmy Eat World says best cover of the middle of all times. But we want to hear the whole thing. So this is a 15 second clip. Let me see if I can get it to play. 15 second clip of this guy Trixie Mattel trademark uh, singing the middle on. I don't know what to how to describe. Let me send you this. Uh, maybe you know what this is called, this instrument that this person Let's applied. see. I'm excited. All right. Like, yeah, man. We need the, we need the whole thing, Trixie. God dang it. <laughs> All right. What is and that? Somebody says, that Trixie that? Mattel is the best. <sighs> It's like is like I would almost want to call it a harpsichord because it's I think you're got, right like, elements of a harp. But harpsichord is a reverse piano. It's where the black a, keys are the white keys and vice versa. Let me look at it. It's an auto harp. That's what it is. Yeah, it's an auto harp. Auto harp. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um. All right. Let me. Uh, let's see what else. Look at his glasses. The glasses are those a filter? Oh, that's a good. Point. Oh, they are. That like his glasses are changing right they're not really there yeah okay i didn't i thought so trixie mattel you trixie you tricky tricky trixie yes may i play something and and watch together please so this is uh nme stories from the band one minute and 34 seconds i'm gonna go in here wow that, that song right it's 134 talking about the genesis of the song We've Sweet discussed this, but here, this from Jim's own words, Sexy Man himself. Those day, back in the days when that was written, the, I think we had uh, a Jimmy World at AOL.com email address. I was looking at the email for some reason, like at my, I didn't, you know, I had to go to my parents' house to look at, to use their computer to check the band's email. 
you know, and, and you know, there would be like three people that are written. <laughs> and, and there was a 14, there was like a, a, a girl who was at um, a junior, in like a junior high age, maybe like 13, 14, who was, it was like, uh, I don't know, she was a fan and she wrote something about how she didn't feel like she fit in with the punk rock crowd at her school because she was like more, she wasn't like punk enough for them. And I just, I just thought about that's that's kind of odd. The tenet of the punk ideal or you know the, the alternative outside the mainstream kind of ideal is that you find you think yourself being more accepting. So it was just kind of like a I guess I guess that tune was kind of a reaction to that, you know, like don't those people you don't want to be friends with them anyway, kind of. It's a great video. It was a lot of fun to make. Right, so like, mis not not necessarily. Where the hell did he come from? <laughs> just like Jim and Tom. Rick. Like, I guess Jim finished what he was talking about. And Rick is like, greatest video of all time. Um, so we recorded a really cool. I video. guess I didn't realize the four of them were there. So yeah, right. Jim and Tom. <laughs> like, can we? It's one of those things where they they expand out and they pan to the right and they, they, Rick is here. <laughs> When'd you get here, Rick? <laughs> There That's he good. is. Oh, sexy. That's Rick. good. I yeah. love those enemy things. Oh, yeah. Me too. Um, let's see. I have a couple other uh, tweets uh, to a dead alt press article. Uh, but this says the story behind the middle. Oh, yes. And this goes to a dead alt press article. Did I link? Yes, I did. I linked to the dead alt press article. Oh, but then it doesn't. What? Apparently, I didn't go to it. So the alt press article is the one that we referred to a bunch. Right. Um, uh, yeah, interesting. I never went back and, and pulled it. So I guess all the good, chunky stuff we've already covered. Um, a couple more tweets. The show, The Middle, used the song, The Middle. How original, right? Uh, and that was October 1st, 2009. My buddy Jeff worked on The Middle for the entire run of that series with the janitor from Scrubs. Um, uh, here's the last Jimmy World tweet. Drew is playing The Middle by Jimmy World on Rock Band. Oh, yes. Okay, so this guy from Switchfoot. Oh, man. who is the guitarist of Switchfoot is playing the middle on Rock Band, um, and it was posted using a Y Frog. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> Do you seems like such an early, like such yeah, an Image early Shack, I guess ended up buying streaming them. plat or like tool. Yeah, it was like, and, and so yeah, kids back a in the early days of Twitter, if you wanted to post a uh, a picture, so this picture was posted in two thousand nine. If you wanted to post a picture, you had to host it somewhere and then uh, get it up onto your Twitter this way. And Zach being the uh, consummate tech guru uh, went ahead and uh, shared this this way. And uh, I don't think, yeah, bummer. I can't get it to load. I'll go ahead and send it to you just in case you The can. old Y-Frog? Yeah, the old <laughs> Y-Frog uh, archive.org. Uh, Dare you to <laughs> And lastly, I know you probably have a bunch of reddit stuff but i like to go to the reddit q a yeah and uh search the comments here um this is the first trooper 10 years ago this is posted uh june 6 2013 <laughs> we've talked about this i got my first hand job in the in grade 10 <laughs> while bonding with yes. a girl over how much we love the song the middle and jimmy world responds high five Jeez, right? How else do you respond? And then edit. Holy shit, this blew up. I left this message before having to go to work, and I'm just reading everything right now. Jimmy World just high-fived <laughs> grade 10 me. And uh, and so, let's see. Yeah, it got 
2,500 upvotes. Jeez. <laughs> I went to work and came back to this. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, I don't see much else, but I love that Jimmy World high-fived this dude. <laughs> <laughs> I see a Arrested Development reference down here. No touching. No touching. Um, no touching. No hands touching. up. Hands up. No touching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right. All right. And now I can get into article territory because that's Okay, where, uh, good. Can I start this off then? Please. I think I'm in, I'm in article territory. I got some up. All right. This Let's one was from loudersound.com. Yes, I've got a lot of research. Marion Eloise published October this is 20th. How they wrote the middle, right? Huh? Yes. How, how they, they wrote, how the, they wrote yeah. the middle, which is cool to, to think this. And this is what uh, a quote unquote throwaway song, which took mm-hmm. less than an hour to create. The middle has become one of Jimmy World's most enduring anthems. Here, the band look back on how it came to life. And then it goes on to say The middle is a song that happened in like an hour. It felt like it was just so simple and complete in itself. And it didn't seem like it needed a whole lot. So it got created really quickly. It's interesting to compare to some of the other songs on Bleed American that were more labored over. There's this thing, if something happens and it's easy, then it feels worse. I'm sorry. Then it feels worth less than uh, the thing that you suffered over to create. In the back of my head, at least, I thought it was a throwaway song for the record. And I was like, yeah, cool. But really, you want to put that out as a single? What about this other song that we slaved over? Uh, it became, uh, it came about when somebody wrote in our Jimmy World AOL account, and they go on to talk about that. Um, it's supposed to be the opposite of the behavior that these people were exhibiting, re- referencing back to what Jim had said in that conversation via email, which is just a very interesting. Um, and let me go, let me continue this last little paragraph here. Uh, because it's relevant to my interests here. Uh, We had no idea that that song would be what it turned out to be. Uh, I think it was hard for us to tell how it was received because we were out on tour opening up for people. We did a tour with Weezer, and we could see some people singing along, but we were opening up, so it was hard for us to judge. So it was just kind of like happening in the background. We were just doing what we always did, playing gigs with the video. The director, a guy named Paul Fedor, came up with the idea, loosely basing it on the concept of feeling like an outsider. He His idea was, okay, so you have that dream where you go to school naked, but what if it was reversed where the weird one, uh, it was a weird one because you had your clothes on. I was like, I don't care, dude. I hate videos, but yeah, it worked. <laughs> I think that's so, that's so appropriate for Jim. Uh, yeah, I hate videos, but yeah, it worked. <laughs> I, the whole like, even the I don't care, dude, I was like, yeah, to Paul Fedor. Yeah, I don't care, dude. I hate videos. Yep. So good. Yeah. Here's here's the full, we talked about the uh, Dallas Observer. Here's the full uh, poll quote from that uh, article. So does the middle an electro new wave, hey little girl, it's going to work out anthem, which like most of the other old school nuggets included here, is haunted by the specter of 70s and 80s California pop, power pop. And while it's a safe bet that Atkins and Company's CD collections don't include anything by the 2020 Rubinos or The Beat, that they've still managed to craft a collection of songs that fall squarely in the tradition of Poptopia and Yellow Pills flag wavers, how the frequently dogmatic citizens of the indie nation will react to an album that owes more to Ian Gom than Ian Mackay is calculated risk, but no coincidence, then... 
Uh, it's no coincidence, then, that the band quickly sequences uh, Sweetness next, the most classic Jimmy World-sounding cut on the record. That tune utilizes the same thrust and party rhythms and propulsive chorus that made Lucky Denver Mint a minor hit and fan favorite. So, wow. What a, a lot of $5 words and thoughts there. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've got Dallas Observer. I've got a little bit longer one from the Dallas yeah. Observer. All right. So, oh, okay, good. So, okay, ready for this one? I'm not going to say yeah. who wrote this one yet. March 7th, 2017, Jimmy World's Jim Adkins shares the band's secrets for a career long after the middle. In navigating their career, the less Jimmy World have relied on label or manager, the better off they've been. There's a lot that is out of your control when this whole endeavor, says frontman Jim Adkins. Uh, the only thing that is in control is being proud of the work that you do, the things that bring the true awards uh, to you and what's going to sustain you. Uh, not too long after their turbocharged pop punk debut album came out in 94, they found themselves courted by Capitol Records. This was the post Nirvana Green Day years. A few keen A&R people at major labels looked into signing contemporaries like Mineral, Texas is the Reason, Sensefield, and Chrissy Front Drive. Do you know where I'm going with this? Do you know who has written this article yet? Um... No. Can you get an idea? Okay. When most of those bands split before they signed, Jimmy World became the front runner. Suddenly, even though they were unknown outside their hometown of Mesa, Arizona, and had a, a developing sound that didn't scream top 40, they found themselves signed to a major label. The band gained traction with two masterpieces on Capitol, Static Prevails and Clarity. But when they dropped with them, when they were dropped by their label with new songs in development, they decided to record their new album themselves. Before they found a new one, the resulting album was Bleed American, a bona fide blockbuster thanks to the success of the single Sweetness, title track Bleed American, and The Middle. Once the charging power pop of The Middle hit airwaves, people could not get enough of it. That album set Jimmy World on a path of success that they followed ever since. Uh, and Scott then, Heisel? No, Eric Grubbs. Oh, oh fuck. Right? Okay. I know. That's it makes sense afterward because like, once you start yeah. seeing him drop Mineral... A yeah. sense field, yeah, yeah. Chrissy Front Drive is like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, a little. And it, it's funny because, yeah, I was like, oh, there, it, it, uh, our Dallas Observer articles are 17 years apart. So, right. Oh, totally. Mine is yeah, from but Bob still. Weir when Bob Mayer when the uh, record came out. Yeah. Um, AV Club did a uh, post 9 11 article how Jimmy Eat World's The Middle became the best song. For a bad time. This was released September 4th, 2012 by Jason Heller. The album may or may not have been obsolete, but the fact remains listeners have long obsessed over individual songs. The single file is the AV Club's look at deep cuts, detours, experiments, and anthems that make us reach for replay. So I, I didn't pull a uh, middle quote here, um, but let's see what they said here. Um, after being dropped from Capitol Records and self-funding the recording of its fourth album, Jimmy World signed to DreamWorks and released Bleed American in the summer of 2001. It was a cute little song called The Middle. Oh, how I loathed that goddamn song. When I first heard it, <laughs> I did a double take. That was Adkins' voice, all right. Beyond that, I can't recognize a single element of Jimmy World anywhere in the middle. The chord progression came out of a can. The lyrics were teen angst boilerplate. It was stupidly simple, inanely upbeat. Even worse, it was everywhere, an earworm that bore its way into my skull from passing cars and random televisions before Jimmy Eat World had been uttered in the same breath as Sunny Day Real Estate. Now, it was lumped in with unwritten law. <laughs> Bleed Americans uh, got a boost after 9-11 and became one of many albums, including the stro Strokes' Is This It and the Coup's party music that were modified soon after the attack 
so as not to further traumatize the wounded nation. Uh, I'm going to jump back to some more middle uh, talk here. The middle received a different kind of post 9-11 boost, though. Viewed through the horrific lens of the attacks aftermath, the lyrics of the middle aren't cheesy at all. Okay, so maybe they're still the cheesiest thing ever written, but sometimes cheese is called for. Hey, don't write yourself off yet. <laughs> Sing songs adkins softly over a muted, almost purring riff. It's only in your head you feel left out and looked down on. Just try your best, do everything you can, and don't you worry with them tell themselves when you're away then the chorus kicks in and insanely eradicating any hope that you'll uh in instantly eradicating any hope uh that you'll ever get the middle unstuck from your brain it just takes some time little girl blah 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 the power pop guitar sass the cheap tricks-esque solo the precious little breaths adkins takes between lines they're all nauseatingly perfect and perfectly euphoric it makes sense that in times of tragedy people look for something safe and familiar to cling to after all it's one of music's great strengths the mi the middle fits the bill and then some jimmy world had been mostly unknown what had been mostly unknown when the middle was released but the song itself is as comfortable and as comforting as a pep top from a big brother uh, there's a bunch more mentions of the middle but i think that gets the the point across from the oh, AV sure. Club's article about how the middle became the best song for a bad time. Uh, I got one last article from yeah. AZ Central, Arizona Central. So this is from Ed Maisley, uh, July 26, mm -hmm. 2019. 25 years of Jimmy World, Jim Atkins on new music, memories, and the middle. Jim Atkins is calling from Cleveland, where Jimmy World are about to play Jacob's Pavilion and on a co-headlining tour with Third Eye Blind. So that's the one you and I caught, right? Uh, it's Jimmy World's 25th summer on the road. It's surprising, Jim Atkins says, of the fact that he's spending the 25th summer touring amphitheaters and definitely not expected. I mean, nothing is expected, really. That's the mindset that we live in. If you're not expecting anything, whatever happens is a nice surprise. The middle peaked at number five on Billboard's Hot 100, also topping the alternative songs chart um, in 2009, which by which point Bleed American had reclaimed its original title. The middle was covered by Prince at his post-Oscar bash at the Avalon Ballroom in what a reporter form uh, Rolling Stone... Oh, I'm sorry. they God, that's a misspelling there. In what a reporter from Rolling Stone called a true-to-the-original-form rendition. Seven years later, uh, Taylor Swift lip-synced the song in an Apple Music ad. Uh, it's kind of nuts, Adkins says with a laugh. I mean, hearing that Prince had covered it in uh, whatever Grammy after-party he did or or Taylor Swift handpicking it from the use uh, for an Apple commercial. It's like, what? What is that? I don't know. It's still free. I still freak out anytime I hear the middle or anything we've done like on the radio. So I do have the clip from the Prince thing. Uh, so this yeah, is yeah. Let's listen to that real quick. Okay, let's listen. Uh, was there a spot that you had picked out on this? No. Mm -mm. Okay, this <laughs> whole clip. Let let's see, because it's like it's not a huge clip, but it takes a while for this guy to yeah, bring his phone out. All right. There you go. Something very cool. I want to talk about. So I don't know if people can see it on the camera here, but my my lovely pin here, my favorite musician of all time, is of course Prince. Right now, there was that amazing story years ago about Prince playing a cover of the Middle at the Oscars pie. I know you guys have reacted to this before, right? I mean, that's just su that's first of all, it's got to be such an honor, right, for a musician of that caliber to then play that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? That's I mean, blown away. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's it is mind blowing. Like really. <laughs> Like, we're on his radar at all? Did you ever hear it? No. Well, probably, I mean, they probably just did it live that once and then, you know, 
See, the thing is, I'm a big, big Prince nerd, and I'm a big fan of your work as well, so for years, I've been waiting for that bootleg to end up online. A couple of months ago, it appeared online. What? I have it on my phone. Would you like to hear Prince? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, sure. do it. Let's have that. So this was, I'm going to shout, I'm going to put in the link below the YouTuber who put this up because they deserve a shout. I can't remember your name off the top of my head. Oh, I'm going to yeah. put that link. Do you want to hit play on that, boys, right. and see what you think? Long, long old intro. I'm telling you it's worth it when it comes in. Oh, wow. I like the, uh... Yeah, this is Feels like a chorus with no vocals. Oh, it's got, it's got, it's a big old intro, but it fits in. He plays around with those lyrics, but we'll forgive him because he's Prince, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. He wants to scat some new stuff. That's totally fine. <laughs> he gets a pass. Right, here he comes. Here he comes. Oh wow, that's such a trip. That's such a trip. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> backing vocalist as well yeah of course that's such a trip i will wind on like slightly the, um, just for the solo because you gotta hear this if i can that's a listen oh, wow. that's here we go i mean outrageous right? i like the uh, the white lion weight like stabs on the in the beginning damn you can mix it up, do the we, Prince we'll do version. Cover, we're gonna do a cover of Prince doing a cover of our song. A reinterpretation Prince style. That's the dream. It's what we've always wanted. I mean, what let's listen to the raw of it. So this was uploaded by Code Purple. Thank you. Yeah, um, let's listen to this. What an honor YouTube. though to have your song yeah, right? covered by Prince, right? Yeah. This is what he played for them. Turn that up. Turn, yeah, that, turn up. that up. Ooh! <laughs> it's wild. Prince, man, the middle. Yeah. Prince. So weird. That's respect, man. That's why Zach said that.
I love the blues like chords. I love the backing vocalist, man. It's so good. Somebody says, uh, who, who knew Jimmy World needed a gospel backing chorus? Prince did. Ah, uh, no woo. Yeah. Ripping the solo, that's why. When that video had come out that Prince did the cover, I was just like, oh, he did like a a, a, a bar. You know what I mean? Like he just did a little bit. Yeah, he then he went into another song, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. It was an intro to another thing. This fool fucking in 2009 yeah. <sighs> covered the middle. Eight years <laughs> after, right? And just think yeah. how, I mean, just like that's so uplifting. <laughs> Prince. Yeah. And there's so many great comments here. It's like if Prince covered your song, it's guaranteed stamp of approval. Of Who course. Jimmy World needed a gospel back in chorus. Prince did. Crazy how Jimmy World went from touring with Braid and the Promise Ring to be covered by Prince. <laughs> It's just so cool. Right. Somebody says that it immediately sounds like it was a Prince song. It's crazy how well it fits his writing. And that's cool because like other than outside of Purple Rain, like I don't know a ton of Prince's stuff. But like obviously the people, a lot of people in the comments here are Prince fans because like the person that posted it had this bootleg because they're a huge Prince fan and they uploaded it for the Jimmy World fans. And like even the Prince fans are like, no, this song is dope. (laughs) Right. And I think it goes like you said you had commented about like the the blues riffing right but that's very yeah. much reminiscent of how prince like it's just literally almost like lyrically playing along on those yeah <laughs> on on the the guitar yeah it's it's uh it's pretty cool it's that's a that is a pretty fucking wild thing i love jim's face on that uh, i know like sound video. The, the whole like stink face <laughs> like what uh-huh what <laughs> honest genuinely flabbergasted right yeah um here's uh zach talking about when i recorded the drums for, oh this is uh entertainment weekly this is my last little article um did an article of uh, it's an oral history of the middle and this is a really cool read um it's long though matt Segur. Uh, July 20th, 2021. 20 years ago, Jimmy World got dumped by the record company, then released the biggest song of their career. Here's how they did it. There's a lot of great information here. Uh, Most of which we've covered here. I'll I'll, I'll cover some of the fun things. Zach Lynn saying, when I recorded the drums for the middle, I wanted to mimic the feel of You Wreck Me. 
by Tom Petty. Ooh, that dang. was my reference song. I don't know that song. You wreck me. You wreck me, baby. Yeah, you break me in two. <laughs> so here is a little of uh, you wreck me. How, I don't know how litigious Tom Petty is. I mean, I'm pretty sure Prince's estate is pretty litigious, but he covered a song and it's a bootleg. But um, yeah. Jam. Tonight we ride, ride All right, cool. Yeah, I dig it. Man, it's such a clean song. Now, I want. Does this song have the drum, the little tom roll on it, or no? No. Oh, okay. It's very. I know it's maybe very straightforward. Sweet. So that's Ugh. Zach's uh, touchstone there. Damn it. Um, Tom. Here's another thing uh, Zach says. There was no debate about the second single. It was going to be the middle. It's one of those songs that showed itself. I remember playing the demo for Friends, and they'd be like, whoa, that's awesome. And it was immediate. It was an immediate song. It makes you feel good. It's that kind of... It's, the kind, that's the kind of song it is, and I think that's the reason behind some of the popularity of it. It's a simple song that has no wasted motion. Nope. Um, and uh, let's scroll through here. Oh, Rachel Hayden has a bite here. Oh, good. I remember when we started playing the middle live, everyone in the crowd would simultaneously start jumping up and down. On that tour, I would do a lot of running and exercising. I'd go to a gym, and all of a sudden, I'd hear the middle on the radio coming through the speakers. That was so funny. Um, Mark Trombino's in here a bunch. Here, here's a bite from Mark Trombino. Nowadays, I own a donut shop. Our playlist is all the music that I recorded, produced, or listened to. It's almost like the soundtrack to my life. And the middle comes on a lot. He laughs. Every time it does, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm stoked. I'm pretty proud of that thing. I fucking did that. I feel good about it every time I hear it. Um, let's give everybody a bite. Here's what Rick... Rick had to say about it. Sometimes we're asked the question, what song do you overplay? And I think a lot of people are fishing and maybe they want us to say the middle because we've played it at every show since it became a song. It's actually quite the opposite. When the first notes go through and you're seeing the faces in the audience light up, it's one of the funnest songs to play. I'm thinking about performing that song in small rooms and at really big festival fields and the feeling is the same. Whether it's 10 people or 10,000, it's like a light switch turns on. There's nothing but smiles. And, uh... So, yeah, uh, let's see. Is there a cool Tom uh, bite here? I actually don't think. Oh, Lauren Israel has a bite here. I was the dude who brought the band to Capitol Records, and I was involved in Clarity and Static Prevails. After the band got dropped, I made a call to Jim and Zach and said, we need to do this next record on our own. They decided to save money and... Uh, they made from touring to use for recording. They bought, brought on producer Mark Trombino, who had helped shape the sound of Clarity in 1996's Static Prevails. In between tours, the band cut drums at Cherokee Studios in Hollywood and later overdubbed guitars, bass, vocals, and additional instruments at Doug Messenger's in North Hollywood. As relentless as the schedule was, they noticed crowds growing in shows and the future seemed bright. Um, so that let is, me let uh, me continue. So like is uh, like yeah. Lauren Lauren says another thing in this. I think it's the same article we have. But he says, this song changes your state. You go from driving slow to driving fast. Sad to happy. That's what happens when you have a hit. You get five people in a room and they all say, that sounds pretty good. Whether you like that kind of music or not, it's undeniable. 
Even Paul Fedora is in here. Music video director. It was 108 degrees. I was fully dressed and I almost <laughs> passed out on set. I wasn't used to the Arizona heat. So they shot it there. Yeah. God, the idea came from watching the Brady Bunch. There was this episode where Marsha was having trouble public uh, having trouble public speaking. So someone told her to imagine the entire audience in their underwear. And I was like, oh, that's it. And he laughs. It was one of those concepts that people borrow from all the time. <laughs> imagine in the underwear. <laughs> But you know what, though? I like, believe like, that it became we, a hit. <laughs> we listened to Tom talking about it, and then they did, like, the little cutaway to the the, yeah. the professional girls that they had breast. I would have had a hard time myself because. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they're just, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're too good. They were, like, a mom. Yeah, they were, like, straight what? Up. They were 24? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, stupid, man. Come on. Yeah. Don't put a guy in that position. I mean, not that they, they, <laughs> you can't expect a guy to be put in that position and not get excited. Yeah. It, my uh, my head cannon uh, puts uh, Joy as a model on the set. Yeah. They got together. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have a couple Stitches and Grooves articles here. Yes. Uh, so the middle 7-inch, this is posted from 2011. The 7-inch single for the for Jimmy World's The Middle is getting harder and harder to track down for a decent price. With some people wanting upwards of $30 for a copy, if you're patient, you can score it on eBay UK for a fraction of the price. A lot of people shy around for ordering things internationally because shipping prices and exchange rates, but if you play your cards right, you can get records for half the price what you would get them for from a US seller. I got this 7-inch for a little under $10 shipped from England, and I got it less than three weeks to boot. I do not know how many copies were pressed, but all copies were pressed to red vinyl. And this is the cover of the dudes in what looks like a small church wearing suits. Uh, Jim is in a three-piece with no jacket. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it looks like um, Rick is in a two-piece, no tie. and uh, Oh, no, Tom. That's Tom. And Rick is over there putting on a jacket with his tie. And uh, yeah. It's an awkward angle. That's why I didn't recognize uh, there. And there's a second article here. Let's go to it for stitches and grooves. This is for the sweetness seven inch. Why do I have this in here? Ah, okay. This is one of two seven inch singles taken from Bleed American. The other being the middle. That's probably why I pulled it because it just said the middle, and I searched for the middle anyway. Um, this is the green sweetness vinyl. So never mind. Uh, one article from stitches and grooves. <laughs> Um, do you want to watch the Taylor Swift? Now let's see if I pulled the right one. I remember I was having an issue finding the right one, but the Taylor Swift commercial. Hey, let's do it. I, I haven't seen it. It's been a long this is time. Posted right? by Clever News. So my guess is that this is somebody ripped the commercial and then did a like a automated news article uh, that got posted. But let's see what plays. <laughs> Yeah, throwing it, it back anyway with this new Taylor Swift Apple Music commercial. Today's episode of Clever Newsfeed is brought to you by T-Mobile with double so coverage in the last year. Yeah. You can know almost anything from almost anywhere. A solid playlist is always a must to rock out to before oh you're getting ready to go out. So why not rock out to Apple's popular playlist feature just like Taylor? I don't know about you, but Apple just So it's just a piece. It's Taylor a two and a half minute piece about just so all of these ads that Taylor Swift did. Relatable. Weeks after her first ad with Apple Music, the singer dropped yet another one, and it's as equally as amazing as the first. You know who she didn't in do a commercial for? Ad, who? Who? Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> 
I get it. I get it. As she jams out to the middle by Jimmy Eat World. Do you think Jed just lost his shit? choice may have reminded Taylor of her middle school days, but that whole lip syncing in front of the mirror with a brush definitely reminds me of my life like right now. Well, because who doesn't rock out with the good old fashioned lip syncing in the mirror from time to time, right? Thankfully, this Apple ad doesn't. Do you think Jed just lost his shit when Taylor Swift did an ad singing Jimmy <laughs> World? I guess at that point, I think that ad uh. came out before Jim or after Jim had played the middle with her in Phoenix. Um, I guess I don't know. For I sure imagine a big smile. Uh, <laughs> that was six years ago <laughs> in 2016. Oh, man. Let's see when Jim played with her. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I have it over here. <laughs> they played together 10 years ago. Yeah, in 2012. Um, and if, fuck it. Let's just go. Let's do the Taylor Swift section. I'll play a little bit of them playing live. This is from... Uh, oh, and she comes out. Yeah. yeah. October 22nd, so out of his element <laughs> so two things two things i want to say first thing he so effortlessly ju just drops into that solo yeah. <laughs> just like just standing in the same you don't even realize he's going the solo two things and the, the second thing is that it looks like he's a hologram with her because he looks so out of place have they displayed him vertically on this thing it just looks so out of place for him <laughs> Especially because she's like doing the the arena rock like oh, chat totally. before like, they jump back into the last chorus. Like he doesn't know what to do, and then he's just standing he's like, there I'm not like he normally would do. <laughs> um, but it's endearing. I it think is like, so obviously endearing. they probably didn't talk. They haven't spoken <laughs> probably much since then. But like obviously there's an affinity yeah. from her for him and his music and the band's music, which is rad. Yeah, totally. Um, and I don't think faked. I think 
she's probably a huge Jimmy World fan. So oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> Um, but it's just so fun he seems out of place yes we know that he's talked about like how much of a trip it was like coming up out of an elevator like he's like (laughs) what i've never done anything like that i know we played videos like that yeah of of him talking about that uh he also became cool with his kids like his like oh mr atkins played at the taylor swift show (laughs) (laughs) um uh, like he became like uh known to his kids friends from (laughs) Yeah. From being, uh, got, he got to go play at the Taylor Swift gig, and how good the band was. Like the band just learned the song that day. Like she wanted Jim to come out. He was in town, and uh, and yeah, it's just it such a good fun story. What do I have? Oh, here's Jim. Jim's reaction. I guess uh, I could play a little bit of this. I probably everything I just fucking said. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's okay. Why were you on stage with Taylor Swift? She was playing in town. Are you talking about when, when she covered Middle and had me play with her? Is that in Phoenix? You, yeah. were, you were on stage with her? Yeah, okay, so yeah. it was the, all I heard was you rose from the stage at a Taylor Swift show. <laughs> yeah, no, she asked. She was like, I guess she, she's a fan and, and liked the tune. and um, Tune. Wanted me to... The tune. Know, yeah, the in, tune. She was in town, wanted to see if I wanted to play with her. I was like, she okay. She scored major points with the kids. <laughs> with the kids, yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, I got major Dad cred. Was cool again. I got major, <laughs> I got major cred with the 11-year-olds on my block after that, <laughs> for sure, because they were at the show. No, seriously, man, like, she's, like, on top of her game. Totally. You won't, well, you never really know, but you will not see her mess up, man. She's not going to... She's the real deal. She's not gonna like end up like a crazy <laughs> kid. That yeah. kid that like pick one. Be, be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there's plenty of no, examples. She's got her stuff together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no, it was fun, man. She was really cool, and her band was awesome. And yeah, I got to the inner the inner heavy metal fan kid in me got to be thoroughly stoked out because I did rise from the fl- from the stage in the middle of a, an arena with like smoke and shit going everywhere. It was awesome. Oh, that's where we pulled yeah, awesome totally, from. Like, real. <laughs> like, we started really happening. How amazing, though. So smoke good. and shit, dude. <laughs> I, re- I really hope, like, uh, like, Jimmy World tours with another band and the the combined revenue from the tour is enough for Jim to get an elevator of his own <laughs> for every night of the tour. Where is he? Where is he? I see Tom. I see Rick. But yeah. where is he? <laughs> and then, whoa! No, I, want Zach, I want all of them to come up in elevators. You like, want all three? Yeah. Like the, I mean, I want, like Zach. Do you think Zach would have to walk out? Right, and he would be the one that just. No, I want Zach. S- Zach is going to come up rotating. <laughs> a, a rotating elevator so he's going to be back to the audience he's going to come up rotate forward yeah 180 degrees all right yeah yeah and all then right. um uh <laughs> rick and tom are going to have the michael jackson ones that shoot them in the air and they're going to jump and land and then jim's gonna like slowly rise <laughs> you think they'd, they'd be ready for that <laughs> maybe their knees won't be but they will be <laughs> yeah i can hear it i can hear it already <laughs> and they shut it shoot out oh my god <laughs> is that tom and rick yeah <laughs> they switch sides now so good um so so that was super fun oh going back to the apple ad real quick get this the taylor swift effect is real writes fuse tv a few days after miss swift lip synced the jimmy world 2001 hit the middle in a spot for the apple music campaign the song had creeped back into the itunes top songs chart the little ditty currently sat 
at the time of this article, at number 32 on the chart, Taylor's <laughs> new Romantics is practically Neighbors at number 27. Not bad for a song that came out 15 years ago. Streaming service Pandora also said that in a statement, they saw a 325% increase in Jimmy Eat World Station's ads in one day. Jeez. Yeah, that's rad. Except for Pandora. Taylor Swift effect. And then Jimmy Eat World tweeted, throwback Thursday, this was April 1st, 2016, throwback Thursday when Taylor Swift invited me to sit in at one of her shows in Arizona to play the middle. And he posted the video that I played. Um, So good. (laughs) So what a trip, man. I know, right? (laughs) We've got Prince, we got Taylor Swift. I mean, it really doesn't get What a huge song to be touched. I mean, and they're so humble about it. Like, hey, you know, it's like a track that she did. The tune, he said the tune, right? The tune. She she liked the tune. I was going to say like, it, we'll do the wrap up uh, when we do the last song, but it's like, I wish one thing I learned was to call songs tunes more. Yeah, right. It's 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 humbling, <laughs> not not humbling, but it's like a humble way for an artist to say like the tune, like this yeah. little ditty that I wrote. Right? Yeah, no, totally. it's not a little ditty. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I think that's a good thing to say. All right. <laughs> um, let's see. There's an announcement tweet. What is this tweet for? There must be something. Oh, this they did the video in HD. I think it was a digital up-res thing because I talked to Brandon Bonfiglio about it and he said it's all digital, but um, it's not like they went back and rescanned the film negatives or anything. Um, but it's still pretty cool. Um, yeah, 450 notes on song meetings. Uh, if we start creeping into community, what do you think? Yeah, okay, for sure. I'm, I'm ready. I, I've got this. Uh, this had the most. I figured we would read the top one unless you went through them at all, but there's one with plus seven, which is unheard of. Um in terms of uh, ratings on song meetings. Um, I've been struggling. This is posted by Forever in Music, January 3rd, 2011. I've been struggling living with my dad and his girlfriend for the past nine months while my mom has been sick. Since I started my senior year in August, I've been diagnosed with depression and have been trying to find ways of keeping myself strong and optimistic. I felt my strength start to slip away until I started to try to turn things around and this song is the one that initiated that thank you jimmy eat world plus seven comments yeah. so i hope forever in music is uh is doing better i'm not finding uh yeah any other usernames? last yeah i, I kind of went to their profile to see like what else have been doing um not much uh that i could find it looks like they might have another plus five uh, on the middle or it got rated no yeah they might have a couple comments on the middle there um but that was the top comment with plus seven um what kind of uh community stuff do you have okay i have one from interesting uh it was the middle filmography playlist 10 months ago by reinventing your exit okay this was i need a playlist of every early 2000s teen movie soundtrack that the middle is included in does anyone know if this exists i honestly think it would make for an amazing listen so i went through the list what's the beginning was, of that say again i need a playlist i of need a playlist on e- every early 2000s teen movie soundtrack that the middle is included in right that was oh, their soundtrack cue. they want soundtracks not movies but okay yeah right so then i went down and i they linked the, the top comment linked to the imdb page which the very first do you know which do you know which movie the very first uh instance of the middle shows up in? I probably saw it when I was going through all my discogs. Can I saw it was on 42 comps, which includes movie soundtracks, but no. Do you want okay, let me give you a hint. Um let's see. Uh 
Bubble Boy. No. Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and say Hanks is my hint. Ooh, Orange County? Yes, Orange County in 2002. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, 2002. Yeah, oh. Orange County shows up. I don't even remember that. All I remember is Jack Black doing this running thing into the into the water, the pool. Yeah. <laughs> that. And then Colin Hanks doing his thing, like his Colin mm-hmm. Hanks thing, which I think is he's an awesome, awesome person. Uh, and then Life or Something Like It shows up. Roswell. Did you ever watch Roswell? Yeah, also with Colin Hanks. Was it really? I didn't know he was in there. I never I'm watched the show. Sure Colin Hanks was in Roswell. Huh. Yeah, in the episode "Who Died and Made You King," uh, and then yeah, Colin at, Hanks was on Roswell. That's so funny. Yeah, it was in the okay. That was just the video. Believe in what you want, which Eric and I were talking about that DVD tonight. We were talking about mm-hmm. believe in what you want DVD. Uh, Zoom. I don't know what that show is. Rock Band Two. Yeah, everything else besides that. But the very first one, pretty interesting. That it was uh, Orange County. Interesting film. Yeah. So that came from there. What, do you have anything else from uh, the community? Um, yeah. Uh, Last FM Shoutbox, the Karma Police says Trans Femme Anthem. And I was like, oh, okay. I could see that. That's kind of cool. Um, Karma Police also says Nostalgia Overload. And uh, RT Han Laquisha says, same. Summer 2002 was a great time. Best time of my life. Um, I'll scroll down here. Anything else? Let's see. I love it. Always get emotion out while listening to this. Greatest song of all time. Uh, somebody posts a big, long, boring story, they say. <laughs> uh, my least favorite Jimmy World song. Ooh, edgy. Um, so lots of people in here that enjoy the song. Um, let's see. What else do I have of note here? Ah, here we go. Two posts from Jake T. O'Donnell. The first is where he mentions the middle. So I'm going to go ahead and give you my introduction to the band was the middle. I know that doesn't make me very different from a lot of people, but it hit me in a very particular way that winter. As a 15 year old high school freshman, it was the perfect go for rocker that combined everything I wanted from a band. It's still their most endearing song, enduring song, and one you'd still hear on the radio or at a wedding or in a Taylor Swift Apple ad. Um, So that was that's his. Intro to the article about his top 100 Jimmy Eat World songs. Where do you think? Th- I don't even know how to give you this number. It's a, <laughs> it's right, a top it. five, and you might say it landed in an appropriate place. Okay, top five and in an appropriate place. I would say three. Yeah, baby. Yes, the yeah. middle. <laughs> <laughs> it's. The one everyone knows, it's the one we'll be hearing in some form or fashion for as long as we live, and it'll be around long after we're all gone. In preparing their last-ditch, self-funded effort to save their careers, Jimmy Eat World wrote a song that will last forever. Have you ever heard someone say, God, I hate that song, about the middle? (laughs) Admit it. You smile every time you hear that opening riff. Every time Jim starts telling his subject not to write themselves off yet. Every time the choruses crash. Every time Jim launches into that Springsteen-style solo. Maybe it brings you back to where you were when it dominated the airwaves or whenever it uh, first entered your life. I know for me, as a high school freshman, it was exactly what I needed in every way. It's become something of a trope for serious fans of Jimmy Eat World to drag on the middle a bit. It never really had anything to do with whether or not the song was good. It was more that 
familiar resentment that when an unknown band you feel possessive over suddenly gets famous. I know back in the message board days, I felt a bit inadequate because I discovered the band through the middle and only listened to Clarity after I knew, but uh, Bleed American front to back. But in the end, the middle is why the band was able to keep making records after Bleed American, why they've maintained their pace in the music scene for so long, and why people around the world know them. I think fans of all stripes can and do appreciate that. Certainly for me personally, I wouldn't have written over 20,000 words about this band if it weren't for the middle. With the song, Jimmy Eat World managed to combine an insanely tight early odds power pop sensibility with a universal message of perseverance and advice for when you need it the most. The middle is a versatile hook factory, sure, but the lyrics are why it has persisted in our culture and why almost every kid born since 1985 knows all the words. It changed my life forever, and I still love it. I may have to get more from the article because I cut <laughs> off my note. Um, give me just a moment here. Just to double check. Yep. All right. Go on over this. Miss anything? No. I don't want to close my eyes either. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to miss a thing. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. (laughs) Uh, Okay. That's just what you're talking about. Good pull, David. Um, bu- 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 and I still love it just as much as I did on that cold morning when I saw the video on MTV for the first time. That's an awfully special thing. That's the end. So that is it. We've got, um, okay, on the Good to Go EP in the middle slash appraise chorus tour EP, there is a Ken Andrews recording slash mix of the song that is three minutes and eight seconds in length as opposed to the album version which is 246. I was not able to dig up this Ken Andrews mix, were you? I was not. I couldn't find that either, no. Uh, I We can do housekeeping on the next last episode and see if we can find and track down that version of the song. Um, but I'm interested to hear what maybe that one sounds like. What do you think? What do you think a 308 version of this sounds like? Versus 246. Interesting. Um, the acoustic version we already listened to. COVID-19 acoustic. So there was the Facebook watch um, on uh, March 21st, 2020. Zach shot Jim at the Unit 2. Uh, let's take a little listen to that. If this page loads from Facebook is where it's archived. I'm just waiting. <laughs> it says that it's redirecting me. I'm going to manually go. All right, here we go. Uh, so if I jump to, uh, let's just go ahead and hit play. Probably the last song he plays. Jump to 18 minutes here. And uh, hopefully we'll get to it. Also, we have a link in the description of Zach. the video of this so yes, dude. where so you can present. donate to Music Cares. Um, so check that out and help out. There's a lot of like you know people in the music business, like roadies, people who kind of depend on that that gig after gig after gig when everything goes away it's really hard for folks like that so this is a week check after out that link and you know donate if you if you can yes <laughs> hey to wrap yourself up <laughs> Jim almost looked like he was going to laugh. I mean, in a way, you got to think of it from Jim's point of view. 
he's singing to Zach right now. Right. <laughs> it's probably what he's thinking think of. Think of that. Zach. 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 Little Zach. <laughs> Zach. Like, Zach. I don't even understand Zach. what that chord is. <laughs> That's a D, but that other one he played. I guess he's just... I don't think my gut would ever be to play drop D chord with ring finger, but I guess that's pretty normal. Right. See, he does it with the index finger there. I guess it's just how you're feeling. What's the vibe? I realized I'm telling you I don't know what that chord is, but I'm playing it in Facebook because... I don't think this would work and watch together. So anyway, that is uh, um, from that the uh, code. Okay, so so wait, uh, wait. Let's go back real quick to mm -hmm. the. So I'm looking at JimmyWiki.com, right? So the Ken Andrews okay. mix 308. It says yeah. as appears on Good to Go EP and the Middle yeah. Appraise Chorus Tour EP, right? Yeah. Both are listed as the Middle Acoustic, which we've listened to mm. at 311. But, so is there a Mark Trombino acoustic mix and a Ken Andrews acoustic mix? Mm, I don't think... I think they're both the Ken Andrews mix. It's just the one that was on YouTube that we listened to was just a couple seconds extra, maybe just some extra seconds. It's, so yeah, the middle and more, it says this is the Mark Trombino recording slash mix yeah, of the acoustic. But where version. does that one show up on? There's nothing for us to... I guess the that middle one also does... You're right. It does show up as acoustic also, 310. I don't know. I don't know what the the Ken Andrews versus Mark Rambino mix is. Uh, let's see. Let me look real quick on our Google Drive. It's 308. Both right, there's a three. middle acoustic flack. That's from... Good to go is 308. That's from the Praise Chorus uh, EP. Okay. Yeah, middle eight is 309, and then the middle and more is 311. Good to go so. EP. <laughs> no, 310. There's like 38, 39, 310. It's a, it's a matter American of three seconds. Deluxe, a Praise Chorus. Good to go. Good to bonus go. tracks. Let's see what this track 15 is. What does this sound like? It's that one. There you go. That's the one we listen to. This is the one you listen to? Yep, that's the one we listen to together. Okay, so yeah. now let's jump right out of that into the good to go EP version. Sounds the fucking same. Same shit. Let's, so that's the <laughs> let's just do what I do and listen to the beginning <laughs> of each one. Sounds the same. Yeah. <laughs> <all the> <laughs> There it is. That's a flack. It wants to open some weird thing. So, yeah, who knows? If anybody knows, 44J Pod, you got plenty of time. Yeah. Okay. We're not going into Rave DJ yet, but this is where I wrote my Heartbeat song. Oh, yes. Compared to Kelly Clarkson's single Heartbeat Song 2015 to The Middle due to a notable similarity between the melodies of the song's verses as well as their choruses. In his review for Idolator, Stern observed both songs' similitude. Hunter Hawk of the Dallas Morning News also remarked on the two songs' similarities, but was ambivalent of Heartbeat Song's lack of innovation as compared to Clarkson's previous lead singles. So shall we listen to a little bit of Heartbeat Song? Let's do it. I, I don't think I've listened to it in its entirety, on its own. Here it is. This is my heartbeat song and I'm gonna play it. Been so long I forgot how to turn it up, 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 up all night long. Up, up, all night long. You, where the hell did you come from? You're a different, different kind of 
What a song. Love Kelly Clarkson. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, what do you think? I, I, I can hear where the similarities oh, are. yeah. Okay, a couple of things on that. Yeah. So I, she admitted, or Jim admitted, in the conversation that they had, in a couple of articles that I'd read, there's only mm-hmm. so many, oh, Jim said, there's only so many chord progressions you can pick. Mm-hmm. Totally get that. Listening to the song now isolated on its own outside of the whole conversation and everything, I can hear it, but it's, I have to, I have to actively listen to it. Like I have mm-hmm. to know the middle and then go to this song and say, hey, that's that sounds very similar. It's like the chugging, like like I can get it. But no, I don't see I don't see where there's a whole like level of litigation involved. Fault. I don't think there's a fault here. Oh no, not at all. And I don't even think there's a nod. I don't think there's an intentional nod. No, this is like there. the that typical one four five six, right? Or one yeah. four six five, whatever yeah. it is. One five six four, the chord progression. It's so typical. It's like the mm-hmm. the chord progression. Yeah, it's right. It's like writing a song. Yeah, I mean, it's the same chord. It's it's writing a song, and then you two comes to you and says, "Oh, that's with or without you." I'm right. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Is uh, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or is it like one eighty two? Damn it! Or this is one it? <laughs> just happens to have the same drum beat. That's it. Well, so, and then like like I mean, I guess the difference is like Zach didn't play the drum the tom petty drum beat he just was inspired by that drum beat but like literally said i'm doing my version of that drum beat like right. i don't think kelly clarkson or anybody in that studio was like let's do our version of the middle i think they <laughs> wrote a melody no and they're like oh this sounds tight you know why it yeah. sounds tight because it's a one f- whatever you the fuck you said i still haven't yeah like, like a one five six four man like that's why it sounded good you run anything in one five six four and you're, you're golden. <laughs> golden baby. you want to yeah. hit one five six four baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so yeah i don't see it either i, I yeah but that's us us looking for our i don't see it as a malicious intent no not at all and it sounds like neither did jim and yeah, neither, neither did, did he yeah yeah. He, he probably was he i i don't, I don't imagine I'm, I'm sure there's like a higher level of uh yeah uh, we got li- kelly clarkson we got prince we got taylor swift yeah god man what a nod it's three two, nods we missed your we missed your time limit man yeah um well we're not gonna do covers but i do want to go over a couple of live videos let's go to the oldest version which is december 99 at the green room um here's what it sounded like at that first performance and this is what Satlist fm had all right <laughs> check check sucker. I thought he said is that good? Oh, okay, okay. Ooh. Tasty licks. Original lyrics. Yeah. Rick fucking up the notes. Love it. <laughs> Love to hear it. Like, 
I'm I'm feeling like what is it like secondhand excitement? I'm not even right. at that show, but like you just I kind of imagine like everybody energy. in the crowd. It's like a that thing you do type of moment where everybody's right. like, "Oh fuck!" Like <laughs> this is happening. This goes. Yeah, right. <laughs> everyone's looking at each other, looking like left and right, like this or like is when happening. Marty is playing Johnny Be Good, and everybody's like, "What?" What in his like, head? All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the sax player gets yeah. like in, and he's like, "All right." <laughs> You know that song, that sound you've been listening for? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen Jump, to this. Just, it's your cousin, Marvin Barry. Marvin Trombino. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to jump and see if, uh, see what the, the, the solo sounds like. All right. It's absent. Not there yet. Yeah. All right, so now I'm kind of interested. Oh, this is September 2001, so they're going to have it. This is the Mississippi Nights. This is classic. Uh, We talk about this performance a lot. This is their first post-9-11 performance. I'm just going to jump straight to the solo here. Completely missed the solo. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Woo! That's what it sounded like. Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, 2005, 2008, 2011. Uh, I'm trying to see if anything stands out as something we can't miss. Yeah, this one. I'm going to go ahead and put this in watch together. This is a Zach Lind drum Yes. Got to have Please. fun with Zach. He's losing his mind. I'm reaping out. Oh man, takes it all over. Yeah, baby. Four on the floor. What's his shirt? Something kid. Yeah. Distro kid? No. <laughs> Distro kid. Too early. Classic. So let's see. Uh, let me give you some context here. What is this from? This is two years ago he posted. Uh, so he said Chicago, June 27th, 2019. Here's a great comment I'll read while uh, he's playing. God, I hate sounding like a suck-up douche, but your drumming inspires me every damn day, man. The temptation to go wild is always there, but you listen to Jimmy tracks and how effective it can be and just sit in the pocket and keep the song glued together with some stick chops thrown in here and there. I always drop your name in the conversation when talking about my favorite underappreciated modern rock drummers. Love seeing the drum cam footage. Hope you're all safe. Can't wait to see you in London next year. He didn't see them in London next year. <laughs> man, Zach just makes it look so easy. I know, right? Effortless, man. One, two, three. Woo! <laughs> He's having a blast. Look at him. 
I still can't tell what that is. So this was on the Third Eye Blind tour. 19, or what did you say? What did, what did you say? When was this? So it's it's June 27th, 2019, and I went to go ah, find yeah. pictures from that show. I'm just not finding a good, clear one of Zach to see what that shirt was. Like his drum is in the way and a couple shots and all that stuff. I really wanted to find out what that shirt right. was. Not for any other reason, just morbid curiosity. <laughs> I'm seeing all these like Zach Lind, uh, Stephen Jenkins side by side uh, collages. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, drum cam footage, super super fun. All right, let's see if we can't get everybody out of here uh, and get you uh, wrapped up. Um, uh, yeah, we've got covers. We'll do an episode of covers. Um, but you've got a rave DJ that is the I same do. rave DJ that I crafted. Yes. However, I did not. Did you the one that you picked? Did you get one that was already created? Yeah, it, so, it loaded immediately. So yeah, so did I. And that was I. So we we got so, one that was oh. generated. Both of us got one that was generated from before. I don't like mm. that one. I made one. Oh. Without the without the music videos that I think is better. Oh, interesting. I made mine from not the music video. So I wonder if I made yours. Interesting. Did your second one? <laughs> Well, what is yours called? Because I guess that would tell us. Uh, I'd have to find it. Let me. I, I closed the tab out because I was like, oh, he made that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is called the song HQ. <laughs> and I thought it was really good. I, I'm interested to see. I, I think Rave DJ is pretty consistent with how their algorithm mm-hmm. works, where if you were to pick the same, even if it was different, per, different. Uploaders, yeah, mine's the song HQ. There That's you go. the one I ended up making. That's so funny. There you go. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah, that you was the one the I really exact liked. Same one. So I didn't even hear the bad one. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. So do you want to listen to the song HQ? Yeah, let's do it. All right, dude. Here we go. Here's the song HQ. We'll listen to the whole thing because it's worth it. This is my heartbeat song, and I'm gonna play it. Been so long, I forgot how to turn it up, 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 all night long. Up, up, all night long. Yes. 
<laughs> Comes so and goes. Man, what so a banger. Uh, I'm trying to see what I should play for our going out. I think I'm going to do this one um, as if we're on Bridgerton. Uh, Ooh, Vitamin okay. String Quartet um, did a version my of goodness. <laughs> Justin, what are your final so- thoughts on the song? David, my thoughts to died. <laughs> the middle, by Indubitably. the way. <laughs> Indubitably. Well, man... <laughs> I think the middle is a great track, and I I feel like I go through flows, ebbs and flows with this. I love it, and then I, think I it's can a get over middle, it. By the Not way. that I hate I it. I don't think this is Jimmy World, right? <laughs> but it's a this good is track. A different middle. That's so good. <laughs> I put the wrong song. That's incredible. Why it's don't you just be me in the middle? I was still going with it. It's all right. So stupid. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. This is <laughs> if this isn't indicative of the pod. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Don't you just meet me in the middle? All right. So <laughs> you're right. This is so pod pod esque. I really enjoy this song a lot, and whether or not people hate it or love it, I still have it. There's a nice spot in my heart for it. It's the middle. How do you how do you escape the middle? I think this song is going to transcend generations until you and I are both long dead. And I think that's a lot to say about a track from a band out of Mesa, Arizona, right? What about you? What do you what do you have to say? Two things. One, my favorite band Blink-182. I can go and get a beer when they play I Miss You. I can go and get a beer when they play certain songs. The only reason I hate the middle, this is my second thing, the only reason I hate the middle is because I know that's the end of the show. <laughs> and I get mad at the band, especially if they haven't left the stage, because I'm like, well, then there's no hope of an encore now. I'm like right. mad at you now, Jim. Jim, Tom, Rick, <laughs> Zach. We're, we're in a fight now because you played the middle. You didn't even leave the fucking stage. So, like, come on. That is my, my biggest. I have no problem with the middle at all it's not my favorite song Zach is right objectively Sweetness is the better song but the middle is a great song super simple non-offensive yep but like as a Blink fan I can understand what it's like when your favorite band has a song that's so ubiquitous and overplayed that you're not into it I'm not that person especially with the middle especially with Jimmy Eat World there's not a song like that I would go and get a beer for when Jimmy Eat World is playing it so that's all I have to say about the middle I fucking love it it's great and um, thank you everybody who's come along on this journey with us uh, we have one more episode uh, this one will probably be cut in half just like Sweetness was so we'll see uh, if you're hearing this part of the episode now though yeah next week will be the last episode we'll see you then and until then, be excellent to each other. And party on, dude!